This week on Invasion of the Podcast, the Boo Buckets are back for those special 30 to 40-year-old children that live in our lives. There are three constants in Friday the 13th, boobs, blood, and busted up doors. And I challenge Paul to a Halloween quiz? Halloween's coming. What are you going to do about it? Say happy Halloween. Again, happy Halloween. Get your hands on the spooky sounds tape. Halloween. A time for children. Parties. Good times. <laughs> Halloween was a special time. Until the invasion of the podcast. Welcome to the world of terror. Tales of horror that will give you the creeps. Goblins. Werewolves. Stephen King. Vampires. Erotic clown. The perfect treat for your little monsters. <laughs> Welcome to Invasion the Podcast, where we try to take over the world one listener at a time. We are now officially into spooky season, and um, my name's Paul, and uh, I, I don't know, I'm just going to um, put, I'm going to type in a fake computer and then talk shit to my other incel friends, and somewhere out there in the distance is Steve, uh, skinny dipping, but not quite making it far enough out on a rope swing to actually matter. Uh, I do not go skinny dipping. I don't share this body with anyone. It's between me and my Lord Jeebus. And, uh, you know, I just want to say real quick, they were not incels. Uh, you know, the one kid might be the last American virgin. Sure. Maybe, but they're not incels. Okay. Okay. Fair. I mean, they, they did go to the bang house. So, okay. So I owe an apology to uh, <laughs> the bang. House. I owe an apology <laughs> to incels. What? No, this we're, this is not good. Not a good start to the episode. Uh, but yeah. Uh, oh, I mean, there's yeah. no politically correct way to talk about this movie though. Like it's, it is what it is. It, it does not shy away from, being very much an 80s horror movie so um we're talking we're, we're gonna be talking about friday the 13th part four the final chapter and i was trying i couldn't find a good way to phrase that in the intro because i'm a, a hack and a fraud but we'll be talking about that film tonight um i did real real quick though i was watching it with my wife uh and she, she's like why were guys just like dicks in the 70s i was like mary this was me in the 80s she's like oh well why were guys just dicks in the 80s i'm like <laughs> 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 So, so yeah, um, that, we're going to get into it. There's a lot to get into there. Uh, I just want to say uh, thanks to the El Goro for being on the last two episodes, uh, for classing up the joint, having a good time. And now, um, now that he's not here, um, food doesn't taste as good. Um, when I pet my cat, I don't find any joy anymore. Um, life is not worth living. I'm kidding. Uh, but thank you. I just want to thank you for coming on the last two shows. We had a good time talking to him. Yes. And the checks in the mail. Thank you, sir. Yeah, yeah, for all the the lost man hours, I'm sure that he uh, has incurred uh, during all that time. So, uh, uh, and we'll, and we'll talk about a little bit because uh, uh, he's doing a whole thing. We he talked about last week on our show about his Friday Thirteenth stuff, and he's he's uh, definitely taking on a lot and his Halloween stuff as well. Uh, and I like how, how he's like, I'm going to cover all these Halloween movies that sorry Friday Thirteenth movies I've not gotten to yet on the show, and we're like, we're going to do one of them. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess I should pull the curtain back a little bit. Uh, I was supposed to be on vacation right now. I was supposed to be on a plane headed towards uh, Los Angeles. And, uh, uh, you know, to be honest with you guys um, who are listening, uh, we have a family situation going on with somebody who is uh, yeah. uh, sick in our immediate family. So we had to cancel our vacation. And so when Paul was like, well, what do you want to do next next month? I'm like, well, things are probably going to be in flux for me all month. So I'm like, let's pick something that's very easy for me to talk about. Let's pick Friday the 13th because <laughs> I could bail out if I need to. But also, I don't have to do as much prep work. So, yeah. So there you go. So we're like, hey, what can we still sound most smartest about? You know, so no. And and I know it's an important franchise to you and, and to me. And we'll, we'll get there when we get to our future presentation. But it's also one of the ones we've not covered. So why not? Right. So, yeah, um, so that's going to be a good talk. Um, but yeah, it just, you know, El Goro is doing his 31 days of Halloween when she watches one film a day that he's not seen for before and for 31 days and then doing all this other Friday 13 stuff. And we're just like, sure, um, that seems like a lot we're going to talk about a movie Steve has seen before, and then we're going to have a quiz at the end. So I'm going to weigh it out. I'm going to weigh it up. It seems about the same. It seems about the same. T- no. <laughs> oh, I, I feel like prepping like two shows a week is like a lot, you know, like for this. And then I, you know, my, my co-host uh, Terry, who uh, on strange highways, who was recently on talk without rhythm. And they, they had a wonderful episode, fun talking about Friday 13th uh, parts one and two. Everybody should go check that out. Uh, but it's like, you know, the prep, like, you know, seven individual small episodes and one, one regular episode. I'm like, yeah, I don't know. Like as much as I feel like I'm pretty good at time, managing my time, that I would just be, I'd be loopy, you know, by like day three. So let me just yeah. say too, that, uh, uh, I want to give, uh, Terry, uh, big props for not only holding his own with El Goro. Cause I've been in that spot and, you know, El Goro is very knowledgeable, the nicest guy you guys are ever going to hear or meet, but like also very intimidating because he's got a wealth of information. Like he's very much like, you know, I, I he's he's one of the people that I've met that I'm like, oh, I don't really know that much. Like <laughs> he knows a lot about stuff like um, and I'm mm. like, wow, I'm I, I can't live up to this. I can't. We are not podcasting in the same game. He, he's clearly uh, got the edge. But um, also, I want to uh, give Terry props for doing it after being at Cinema Wasteland, which I imagine uh, was probably a pretty rough week. <laughs> well, in factoring into that, he um, that he recorded on the Sunday of this weekend, and he dropped me off at two a.m. that Sunday. Oh. He's driving away right now on his motorcycle. Now he dropped me off at two in the morning on that Sunday morning. Uh, cause I was, uh, you know, not recording on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, he was, he was an iron man. Uh, so credit to him. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a great episode guys. And I'll say that, uh, because I know, uh, the fan base's love for part two, not that they dissed part two, I was surprised that of the two, because they cover the original and its sequel part two, I was expecting them to glow about two and not one. It was surprising to hear both of them. Uh, I think if you ask both of them, they may tell you that they prefer the original to the second one. And I feel like a lot of fans don't really fall that way. So I was, uh, it, it made for interesting uh, listening. Mm-hmm. 
So. And it's going to be interesting for the next episode that uh, El Goro is doing where he's going to be covering three because he's already covered four, five, and six previously, um, you know, loosely. Well, I guess it's called the Tommy Jarvis uh, trilogy, which we're talking about four tonight. But he's going to cover three and then immediately jump to seven. And that that feels like that's going to be a little bit of a tonal and like historical whiplash. Right. In terms of like where you're coming from. So I'm, I'm really interested to see the approach there because they're not, I mean, clearly they're not, I mean, they're connected because they're sequels, but there's a lot in between the both of them. You know, like how does one inform the other? That's all. It's going to be an interesting listen. Yeah. I mean, you go from part three where he finds his mask and kind of becomes the Jason we all know to part seven to where he's Kane Hodder, who I think most people think of as their Jason. Yeah. So um, it'll be interesting to hear him cover that. Yeah. So yeah, there you go. So that that's us talking about other shows that aren't ours. Um, so before we, we, uh, talk more about the Friday, the 13th, um, you, we, we have some weekend talk. It's what we do here on the show. Everybody welcome tuck in. Um, so Steve, what did you get into over the weekend? So I, I, I got into a couple of things. So one, um, I, well, actually I shouldn't say one, two, I had two things delivered to me this weekend that, uh, I had ordered, um, months ago that just happened to show up within a day of each other. So it's always interesting when you order, like you pre-order something, or in this case, one of them was an item that I, uh, had pledged on Kickstarter for. Um, so, uh, I've been waiting for them, waiting for them, waiting for them. And then they just come within two days of each other. <laughs> and it's like, wow, I, I can't believe that I have both of these now. And, uh, I get to enjoy both of them. So, uh, one of them is, uh, or the first one I should say is the Monday night draw book from David Finch. I think I've talked about David Finch on here before. Um, if you, if I haven't guys, I'm just going to say he's a comic book creator who, uh, has a YouTube channel. Um, he really kind of came into his own with his YouTube channel during the pandemic as a way to reach out to fans and still have a, um, comic book convention experience where, you know, he was interacting with his fans, you know, once a week, um, during a time where none of us could go anywhere. So I would just say that if you guys have any interest in uh, learning about comic book art or are interested in just drawing tutorials, uh, his channel, which has been uh, going steadily, because he's now into his third season of Monday Night Draw, has, has been a wealth of knowledge. So if you're looking for tutorials or basics or where to even start with you know, how to draw, his channel's great. Um, he's got amazing stuff there. Uh, so his book came, though, and, and basically he's doing seasons of Monday Night, Night Draw. Basically, every Monday night he sits down and he live draws for two hours a, a new character. Hmm. And not a new character in the sense of, like, he's creating a character, but, like, one week he may draw Spawn, one week he may draw Batman, one week he may draw Spider-Man. So... Um, he basically took the collection of the first season's worth of drawings, which I think was, I don't know, over 50 drawings or something along those lines, um, and combined them into a book. Uh, what was really cool, though, was the level that I pledged at included a, uh, a uh, layout, which uh, is basically, f uh, I don't mean to, like, quote-unquote, as my wife would call it, mansplain, um, but uh, it's a... It's a basically a sketch that he did for uh, a cover uh, so that he has something to reference as he's laying it out on the actual comic book page. Um, 
that was part of my pledge that I won. So I have an actual. That, that's not that's not a mansplain. Thank you. Like I didn't know entirely where you're going with that. So yeah. thank you for being uh, Steve splaining it. Thank you for that. I yeah, I mean, some people would call it thumbnails, but this is bigger than a thumbnail because it's it's probably. It, it, it was on an 11 by 17 sheet, but the image itself was probably four inches by five inches, maybe four by four, somewhere in there. But it's it's basically a smaller drawing that you do to, to lay things out for yourself so that you know, once you get to the comic book page, what you're going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, uh, I got a um, – and I, I'll take a step back. Uh, David Finch has been redoing or has been doing covers for reissues of the walking dead. They're basically republishing walking dead colorized. So they're taking all the black and white issues and colorizing them and reissuing them as comic books. And he's the cover artist for that. So every issue has a cover by him. Hmm, So I, uh, I received the, uh, the layout sketch for, um, issue number eight, which is one that I don't have. So I immediately went to eBay to order that one. Um, and it's a, it's a cool piece of art that I get to have. Um, that was part of the pledge. Uh, some people got like Batman, um, cover sketches. Some people got, uh, um, I think miscellaneous like Marvel or image sketches. So, uh, really cool stuff. Uh, I was really enamored with it. Um, but the thing that I just wanted to throw out there is, is if anybody is interested in learning anything about drawing comic books, a great place to start is David Finch's um, his YouTube channel. And every Monday night, uh, there's a you know a two hour show of him drawing a different character. Okay, that sounds awesome. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I really love the book. Um, I'm I'm. I know he's going to do a season two Kickstarter now that season one is already mailed out and um, they're starting the third season right now. So I'll definitely be in for season two. And uh, I, I don't know like what the contemporary um, I don't want to say artists are that people are really into right now because I'm not I'm not I'm not that far out of it in the sense of like, I don't know who Ivan Reyes is or something like that, but like the trends of comic books these days, I don't know all of them uh, or who the top 10 artists might be like back in the day when we had wizard magazine, there was always a top 10 David Finch, in my opinion is, is somebody who should be on that top 10 list. So I can't blow him up enough on here, guys. I think he's a fantastic artist and he seems like a genuinely nice guy. Um, and every interaction that I've had with him online, he's been a, a, just a really cool guy. So I would recommend checking that out. Okay. And you said you had something else too that arrived? Yeah. So the, the other thing that, that arrived was, uh, I love the IDW artist editions. I don't know if I've talked about these before on the show. I'm pretty sure I have, but basically what they are is, is they're reproductions of comic book art shots so that you can see them as close as you can be to actually having the comic book art in your page, your hand. So the books are all oversized. They're, you know, bigger than 11 by 17. So there's actually usually a white border around the image, but it's, it's a, it's the closest you can get to seeing like the actual ink marks and sometimes even the, the, the ugliness of the comic book page, because maybe somebody had to white something out and redraw it. Um, but it's, it's very much, it would, they call it the artist edition. It's very much that you're looking at the closest recreation of what the actual page looks like, um, as opposed to, you know, not being able to hold it, uh, in your hands or as opposed to being, being able to see it in person and hold it. Uh, they had announced 
earlier this year that they were doing a McFarlane Spider-Man. So uh, I immediately like ordered it. I'm like 150 bucks. Don't care. I'm ordering it. Um, and it's it's worth every penny. It's it's not every page, obviously, that McFarlane ever drew of Spider-Man, but I feel like it's over 200 pages, and it's just page after page after page of wonderful Spider-Man drawings by Todd McFarlane. Um, well, and I and saw can, some of that. I, I say what you showed. I thought some of that was from his Spider-Man run, not just his Amazing Run. Yeah, right? okay. so there's there's stuff from both his Amazing Run and his Spider-Man. So uh, stuff from like Torment. Um, which is the first five issues of his mm-hmm. Spider-Man run with the lizard. Cause he only um, did like, what well, was like 12 or 13 issues, right. Of that run before he stepped away. Something like that. He did. I think 16, I think oh, 16 okay. is his last issue, but you're close. You're, you're not that far out of the ballpark, but um, you know, his, his issues in that series were uh, a darker side of Spider-Man, if you will, obviously t- tailored to his, you know, tastes, you know, there's an, uh, there's a hobgoblin story that I believe that that has a ghostwriter in it. Some of those pages that are in there. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, there that's is. A, yeah, that's a cool. That's a cool story. Yeah, there's a Wolverine crossover uh, that mm-hmm. involves the Wendigo that I think is like a four or five parter. Yeah, and then after there's, then the last one I think he did was whenever uh, he reverted back to the black suit, not not Venom, but the black mm-hmm. suit to go after uh, Morbius. Yeah, because Morbius was a threat to humanity and not the box office. Yeah, it's definitely Morbin time. Uh, no, I, I, uh, I think you know, if you were to ask me to name my my favorite Batman artist, I'm going to give you a very long list. I can't tell you who's my definitive Batman. I can I can give you a lot of artists that I love their versions of Batman. With Spider Man, he's one of those rare characters where I have an an artist where I'm like that to me is Spider Man, and it's McFarlane. Um, and that doesn't mean I think he's the best Spider Man artist, or I. I I feel like people need to qualify things where they're like, this is the best thing ever and your opinion's wrong. And I, I never want to come across that way. Um, but like, I feel like for me, he is the definitive Spider-Man artist. He's it's his version of Spider-Man that I picture in my head when I think of Spider-Man. So, you know, for a lot of people, that's John Romita for a lot of people. I know yourself included. It may be John Romita jr. Or Mark Bagley. There are a lot of talented artists who've touched that character but for me, it's McFarland. So to see that artwork at its original size is a bit of a joy. Um, you know, I, I don't know uh, if the artist editions are for everyone. They do have a high price tag. And I think that if, if you're somebody who really likes looking at comic book art the way it's really done in the sense of the process of it and being able to see all the ugliness on the sides and notes from editors and blue lines, stuff like that. I think artist editions are, are the way to go. And uh, I'm never going to get to see a McFarlane Spider-Man page in person, or at least not come that close to one. So to be able to see that much of his artwork, particularly from that point in his career was, you know, just a, a, a great Saturday of me just looking at artwork and being like, well, oh, that's a great shot. Well, that's a great shot. Mm, what's up with Mary Jane's eyes there. That's a great <laughs> shot. Of Spider-Man. So, yeah, that's fair. But um, that's that sounds awesome. Like I, I poured over those McFarlane books, like the originals, when I had them. And like he, you're right, he was my, he was my gateway drug through Spider Man, right? And like I think I, and he's still always going to be up there for me. I just like I, we've talked about this for Backley. I think there's something a little bit more um, streamlined 
about his work that I appreciate. I, I, that's not even have the right words, I'm sure, but I like his, I like his, um, the like his his layouts and things. It's just it. You, you, get, you get cool splash pages and things from him, but you also sometimes understand what's going on a little better because McFarlane sometimes, and, and maybe this is heresy, you know, some sometimes it's more like bam, and then you kind of kind of try to figure out where we're going with that. I don't oh, think, no. uh, and that's yeah. that's actually one of the issues that I have with Torment, um, is that uh, McFarlane loses the focus of what he's putting on the page a lot of the time so much because he's interested in noodling it to death with details, mm-hmm. which, you know, I, I think I've talked about this previously on the show as well, that like, I've done that to my own pieces where I'm like, I don't know what the focal point is here. And I killed it because I wanted to make it as detailed as possible. McFarland's pages for torment. I was hoping seeing them blown up. I would be able to pick out points of interest a little bit easier and be like, Oh, I can see why this doesn't work released down. Unfortunately, that's not the case. You know, he 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 has a tendency sometimes to overwork and over detail things to the point where you're like, I don't know what the focal point of this page is, particularly, you know, in light of our conversation uh, about uh, Junji Ito, you know, where like I never had a problem with any of the storytelling throughout that. Yeah. McFarlane's a guy that, yeah, he will. He loves the 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 crow quill and he's going to detail the hell out of that line work. And sometimes it's to the detriment. Well, thank you for making me sound like I at least had some semblance of understanding of the artwork that I appreciate, meaning I don't always have the best vocabulary for some of that. So I don't um, either. So, well, you know. bullshit. Uh, so, uh, uh, so, so yeah, so you got your two books, you got your two funny, your funny books delivered to you that you dug. I'm kidding. Uh, was there anything else that you got into like uh, content wise? Yeah. So there's one other thing and it, it falls in line with our episode this evening. I watched a movie called 13 fanboy. Have you heard of it? Um, no. Okay. It came out last year. I, it definitely was not released theatrically to my knowledge. Um, I imagine it's probably a big seller at conventions, but it's a Friday the 13th movie. That's not technically a Friday the 13th movie, but it's, it's about the actors in Friday the 13th movies being hunted by a killer. Um, and it's written and directed by a, a Friday the 13th star. Uh, so it's, it's not something that I can see like, you know, being, it, I don't want to say that it's niche cause it's, it's still horror. It's still, you know, a lot of people in that, that, but I, I imagine this is probably a popular one at, uh, conventions just because of the people who made it and the people who are involved. And I'll give you a little bit of a rundown. Um, basically this is the log line from IMDB. It's, uh, an obsessed fan stocks his favorite actors from the, Friday the 13th films and beyond marrying his idol, Jason Voorhees. So you get the gist. I mean, that is literally what the movie is. And, um, I, oddly enough, it stars D Wallace, who was not in any of the, Friday the 13th. <laughs> the I was ma- like, wait a second. Characters. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, most people are playing themselves. Although oddly enough, for some reason, Corey Feldman is playing a producer named Mike Merriman. I don't know if maybe they had written something for him as himself and he didn't want to do parody of himself or, and and this isn't to say that it's parody. It's just that, you know, maybe he felt that it was too comical. I don't know the story behind that, but I just thought it was odd that he was playing someone other than himself. Um, I mean, at this point in his career, he probably is like, you know what? I will be part of your project. Stop leaning on what, like what people think they know about me, you know, like maybe that's it. Cause he's had, you know, (laughs) my God, that guy's had a life. 
So, but if he's at least appreciative of the fandom, you know, but that's also like, that would be, you know, like, cause it would be easy to write a part for him being Corey Feldman and then just make it like, just go ridiculous. And maybe he didn't want to do that. Maybe, I mean, you've seen the movie and maybe him as a producer, he's just the same thing. I don't know, but I could see his inclination to be like, can I, can I, I'm an actor. Can I be somebody else? You know, I I feel like the direction that was given to him was be a sleazy producer because he definitely pulls that off. But there's also a little bit of a I'm sure he's had a lot of experience um, around that kind of thing. Right. So, yeah, Uh, I I feel like maybe it's a little too broad for the rest of the movie, but it is what it is. Um, You've got Kane Hodder playing himself. Uh, You've got CJ Graham, who is Jason from part six. Um, Judy Aronson, who's going to come up in this episode later. Uh, Ron Sloan, Ron Sloan, who was junior junior in Friday five, um, Lar pink, Lar, I can't say her name correctly. Lar park Lincoln, who is Tina from seven, Tracy Savage, who's from three, Jennifer Banco, who's from part seven. And then it's, it's written and directed by Deborah Voorhees. Who's from part five. So, uh, she had her real name actually has Voorhees in the title as well. So, um, Overall, it's it's a movie that I don't know that I'll be revisiting. I felt like there were opportunities that, where they could have had more fun with it that they they didn't really take that opportunity. It's it's kind of a by the numbers slasher, unfortunately. And I say that as somebody who writes a by the numbers slasher comic. <laughs> and uh, give yourself credit. No, no, no. You understand. Sorry, I should say you have an appreciation for the genre, so you're you're trying to. Um, and forgive me if I'm saying this incorrectly, trying to color within the lines, but also kind of like color outside the lines, but knowingly. Yeah. I think yeah, there's a I'm difference there. Trying to do my same, my own thing within that, that, that box, mm-hmm. if you will. Um, the thing that I, I wanted to talk about the most though, with this film, and I don't know, you were just saying that like, Oh, you know, I don't have the vocabulary to speak about comic book art. I don't know that I have the correct vocabulary to, to spot to speak about uh the way films look you know outside of you know saying like oh i think that's a great shot or oh the cinematographer really nailed this or you know i don't work in the industry so i don't know specifically what the term is here but um i'm going to say that and i see this with a lot of lower budget horror films these days there is, it's not a desaturated look, but it's like something going on with the coloring of the movie where everything seems to have the same, the, the, like somebody like went in, in, in not desaturated because there's still colors within the image, but everything feels sort of blown out. It's not the correct word. Flat, either. Flat and very like everything was lit in, lit with a, like, you know, LED uh, that has mm-hmm. a very high color temperature in that it's completely white light. Like yeah. everything feels like there's no warm colors. There's no cool colors. Everything so just feels. There, there's a couple ways to approach that. So I'm, I'm going to cut you off. One, the color timing is what you're talking about. That That's, that's the, the term uh, meaning like the timing of the color. Like, you know, the, you can play with that in a lot of ways. Like, um, I'll, I'll give you an example in terms of like, this is, this is not the same thing. So I'm about to go to a way different direction. So bear with me. Um, the color, color timing, the color palette that was used in the very first episode of game of Thrones was very much more bright and natural. Cause, um, and as the series went on, it kept getting like moodier and grayer and darker because winter was coming. 
but they purposely made that decision to be like, this is what we're going to do. And this is how we're going to end up with a lot of independent stuff. A lot of it is that the digital cameras that are being used are so good now that it's almost like you can set it and forget it. Right. But that doesn't excuse lighting on set. That doesn't excuse the ability to use different light rigs. Just as much as you use color in your frames, you could set up lighting rigs with different color gels to like, you know, you know how like sometimes you get that, like that soft blue light that happens. And like, like when you're like in the afternoon where you're just walking around because of where the sun is like, it's just, there's ways to recreate that kind of stuff and actually get a little bit more mood and temperature if you're thinking about it. And there's a way to also do so a little bit different backlighting and things too, if you think about it. So what I'm frustrated with is that we are at a point where we have so much access to technology that people don't think about the simple things to affect lighting and setting. And I have not seen this film, so I can't speak to it, but also color timing. Cause there's a lot of programs that can do this where it might just be like, you know, this is a low budget thing and we're going to use, uh, you know, I don't even know what they use anymore. Like Adobe premiere or whatever. That's probably me dating myself by 20 years, but they're like, all right, we're going to tweak this where everything matches because we can't get a consistency in shot to shot because we're a low budget production. I can see that too. But you would think that if you're going to put this much time into figuring out what you're going to put in front of your camera, that you would at least take the time to understand lighting and color theory a little bit, just like you do with your books, right? You, you and your partner, Ryan, you purposely go for an aesthetic of like, like a seventies or eighties, like um, print comic, but that's an active decision. You know, like you could go in a different direction of whatever color palette you wanted. I mean, I understand there's a printing process involved, right? So you guys know the latitudes of that, but you're making an active decision. I think a lot of these lower budget films, that decision-making, they're kind of just leaving it up to, well, we only have so much and we're going to shoot it. And then the computer can like, you know, and just like make everything even and flat. Does that make sense? I think that's, I, I, I have a little bit of knowledge, not a lot. No, that, that absolutely makes sense. And, uh, you know, like I said, it's, it's something that's, it's not like, Oh, this is very specific to this film. I feel like I see this a lot with, um, you know, lower budget. Yeah. Horror it's, ki films. it's kind and of the I, nature of the beast now. Just like how I'm, I'm cutting off again, how like, um, you know, if you look at the original evil dead, that was, um, was that 16 millimeter they shot on? I forget. It was, it was a, it was a lower, or I should say it was a lesser film stock that they used to make that movie and it shows and that's fine. And when we talk about our Carpenter stuff, we talked about some of his earlier films. He made it a point to upgrade the film quality because he knew like, that's where, like, that's where you, you make the change of something looking low budget and looking like you've spent a million dollars on it. That's film stock. You don't deal with that anymore. But you have so much latitude with these digital cameras anymore that you can go in and make things look really professional and really sharp. If you just, if you're already this passionate about your project, why can't you take like a weekend course and kind of get your shit straight? And this is me throwing the throwing darts, right? But like, I'm, I'm cutting off, but that's why I get frustrated with it. It's like, you're already here. Learn how to, to use the thing that you have. Yeah, I, I can't. You know, obviously I can't speak to that, but I do, I do think that, uh, you know, it, it's the same way we've had the discussion, you know, we've even done an episode on poster art where, you know, poster art has become very, I don't, uh, marginalized is not the correct Homogenized. Word, it's That's the homogenized, word. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. It's, it's very much, you know, somebody threw it in a Photoshop and maybe threw a filter on it and there's your poster, you know, um, 
I, I feel like, um, particularly, and again, I don't, I, I, I've never shot a movie. I, I've never acted. I've never done any of that stuff. So, uh, well, that's not true. I was in three high school musicals. Um, not the movie high school musical guys. I mean, like the, my actual high school. Musicals. So you're telling me um, that you were the lead in three high school musicals and that's not what spurned your, you know, your dreams. You were, yes. the, you were the lead at all three of them. I was not the lead in any of them. No, so. I'm assuming you were leading all three of them. Um, and you just like, that's, and I know you told me about how, like you met your wife later, but you also met her earlier. That's when she knew that you're going to be, you guys are going to be together. Cause you were the lead man on stage, just belting it out. Right. In Greece. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, I just, you know, I, I always try to temper my criticism. Like, cause I, I very much hate it when somebody has an opinion on something and they're like, Oh, I, do you really know what you're talking about or is it that you just have an opinion? So I always, and I overcompensate cause that's the guy I am, but you know, I always want to make sure that people are aware like, Hey, I'm not saying that I could do better or that I know the ins and outs of the film technology, but it's, it's something that I've just noticed with a lot of films that are, you know, yes, shot digitally. Um, and it's, it's an odd, you know, I don't want to say it's an odd distinction to make, but it sort of is in that like it, it, it feels very much like in, you know, I, I'll just, I'll take a step back. Who knows? Maybe there'll be an audience of kids who are watching these movies now who like, that's the, like, you know, the way that I look at film grain and I'm like, yes, film grain. Oh, that feels like I'm at home. You know, mm-hmm. like uh, if I, it, Friday four is actually a, a you know, a great, example of that that movie feels like a movie to me and Mm -hmm. maybe it's me being the old man who's like wow you know i want my movies to look like they were filmed in 1980 you know i don't know but well it's funny you say this because this is going to tie in directly with my weekend stuff so i don't know if we want to yeah, like, let's we can pivot. No, no, I, but no, no. I wasn't trying to like. like no, I, no, no, no. You know. All I was going to say is we can absolutely pivot. And the thing that I'll say about this is, is if you're a diehard fan of the Friday franchise, maybe it's something you want to check out. If you're not, I don't know that this is a movie for you. Fair enough. I mean, I, th- I mean, that's that's fine. You know, like I like you know, I get that there's a lot of like passion projects and a lot of people are like, well, if you just make this and, and whatever, and we can make our money. And then there's a lot of like, if we just make this enough and it like, and you said so yourself that like, uh, this, this was what, like a couple years ago, you are talking that you would sometimes go on some of the, uh, like dig into like, um, the, the, the dark corners of some of the streaming services and find like, like Amazon prime. Right. And you'd find some of the lower budget stuff, not because you were looking for uh, garbage. You were looking for, you were looking for treasure, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, and you have a lot higher, tolerance for some of that than I do. Like I'm not, that, that makes me sound real judgmental because I am, uh, but it's just, it's just, you know, there's, there's a line between, I, I guess like, so there, there's a difference where just because you and I maybe not have the acumen to say, this is why this doesn't work, but there is a certain amount of a smell test, right? Of like, all right, we get it. I get what you're trying to go for. And I understand that you're working with a low budget if you can show me that you're you're trying to you know punch above your weight and do the right thing and try to make this look as slick as possible, cool. I'm going to be more in your corner. But if it's more like, well, it's cheap. What are you going to do about it? I kind of lose a lot of like interest in the project. You know, like that's what's frustrating to me. Like, um, 
you know, especially like when it comes to any other independent project, like, like I think, um, you and, and Ryan, you guys, your books, um, you know, like your slasher books, uh, they, they shine. Like they look like, I mean, this would sound like a back, backhanded compliment and this is not what I mean by this. So forgive me. Like I go into the local comic shop, they stand side by side, another book I can grab. You know what I mean? Like that's, I know that's your goal, right? It'd be like, oh, this looks like this is a small, a small press, but it belongs here versus like me drawing my book and Xeroxing five copies of it and stapling it together and putting it beside me. Like I made a book as well, you know, whatever. Like there's a, a level of expected professionalism if you're going to put yourself out there. And that's where I get frustrated, where I think there's this low bar set for film that um, because of the ease of access of equipment now, that's all. Yeah. I'll always reward somebody trying. Like if I, you know, that's one of the things that I think I, when I do that, you know, the treasure hunt that you were talking about, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I will forgive. Like I can, I can tell like, you know, Hey, we didn't have access to a hospital. So it's a bed in a solitary room. That's quote unquote, a hospital room. Um, I, I've spent enough time in, in hospital rooms over my lifetime to know what a hospital room looks like and what it doesn't. I, I can forgive that stuff because I'm that's, always like, well, that's budgetary. That's fine. You know, like, that's totally that's George that. Romero. Like I get like, you know, yeah. I did see a movie um, once where there was a hospital room where we looked over in the corner and there was a pencil sharpener on the wall. And I'm like, that's not a hospital room. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> like you could have covered that up or something. I'm like, you know, cause you know, those old silver, like egg shaped or whatever. Like, uh, the, yeah. like, uh, it's like the ones oh, you yeah. Go, yeah. Yeah. Like the ones we grew up with before, you know, digital shit. I was like, that's a pencil sharpener. I don't think that a patient would be like, Oh, I'm dying. Oh, let me lick the, let me lick the tip of my pencil. Oh no, it's too dull. Let me go over and sharpen it. You know, like I no, I, I agree. But the whole thing too, is like, you could light it appropriately. You could make it, you could stage dress a little bit, get like a curtain or whatever, get some white linens up. You can sell it. That's all, you know, that's all. So what you're saying is like, I do appreciate the trying. I do. I do. I do. Um, so you were saying, sorry, I'm just yeah. cutting you off. Cause I saw a pencil sharpener once in a hospital room in a movie and I was like, wait, what? And it was, <laughs> yeah. No, no, I get, I guess the thing that I was trying to say is, is that I will always reward enthusiasm and people actually, you know, I don't think anybody tries to make, uh, tries to make a bad movie. I, I think that people sometimes accept their limitations and I think there are people who strive when using those limitations. And I, I think that, uh, for me, I'm not always going to look at something and be like, yeah, I can tell that they shot this, you know, in their parents' garage. Mm. You know, I, I don't care that much about that stuff. So I'm never going to like discount that. It, but when I feel like I could see that they're really trying, but somehow it's, it's, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know where I'm going with that, but I guess the point is, is that I won't discount something if it looks cheap. I will, I will still stick with it. Um, but to me, it is that odd place that we're in right now with films that they have a feeling where they all kind of look the same. They're very, and I keep wanting to use the term blown out, but like, uh, that's kind of how they feel. I mean, everything's still defined, but everything just feels like it's the same value. Mm -hmm. Um, so, uh, you know, I, 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 we're going to continue this discussion, you know, over time as, as, you know, more things pop up during the show, but it is something that has been on my mind recently with some of the things that I've watched where I'm like, why does everything look the same? Why does every location, even though I can tell we're clearly tell we're in a different location, 
why is there no change in the color temperature? Why is everything <laughs> right? brightly lit? Yeah, that's yeah. like that's frustrating. And I feel like um, that's kind of like filmmaking 101. Because I mean, my God, if you even go back to the silent films, they would even, like there was even a bit where they would uh, purposely uh, dye the film stocks different colors to to, to show different scenes and different emotions. Like mm-hmm. if we've been doing that a hundred years ago, you guys can figure it out too. Anyway, so I'm also going to disagree with that nobody sets out to make a bad film. I'm going to really disagree with you on that statement, but we can table that for another time. <laughs> all right, that's fair. I've lost the Um, so, um, all right, so my um. My weekend stuff. I'll let me mention the one thing and then we'll come right back to the movie stuff because it, it does tie in. But I want to mention that because um, you'll find this funny and frustrating for me, not you. Um, so we mentioned last week that I was in the, the the dying days of Overwatch 1. The server officially shut down on the second, I think. And then they went into like um, like an, like a 24-hour period of like setting the game up for Overwatch 2. I'm like, sweet. It's Tuesday. I'm going to go down and play Overwatch 2. And I'm sitting there watching the screen. And it would be like, uh, it'd show me, like, it kept saying zero people in queue. And then it would just disconnect me. I'm like, well, that's not cool. And then at one point it was like, I logged, tried logging in again. It was like 999 people in front of you. I'm like, all right. And, and I, I was just watching something on my phone. I was watching a video on YouTube or whatever. So I was like, I, I'm going to let this kind of percolate for a minute. Um, 30 minutes later, like it let me in. And I was like, oh, cool. I'm in the game. It's amazing and whatever. And I haven't even played it yet. I'm changing. I'm changing the look of my guys because if I'm going to die a lot, I better look cool. Five minutes, I got booted. So I'm like, all right. So I tried logging in again, waiting, waiting, waiting. Um, And then I got down to like, it was from like 2,000 people, 1,000 people, boom, 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 like a half hour. Got to like six, seven, eight people. Disconnects me again. So um, yeah, uh, even today. Steve, right before we start recording, I'm like, you know what? I'll get my minute because it's been two days. Maybe shit's calmed down. I'll talk about more about that in a second. And I'm like, maybe I'll be able to log in. So then it was like counting down, counting down, counting down. It immediately kicked me out. And then a message popped up saying, we're going into maintenance mode for an hour. And I'm like, son of a bitch. Like, so they didn't even tell me that this maintenance, like this weekly maintenance was happening. Like, I just... <laughs> I was, I, I want to believe I was almost in. Cause I mean, that's the only reason I want to like think that I've spent my time waiting. So overwatch two spin out for three days. I was in it for five minutes and I made my guys look different. I didn't play the game. So pretty cool game so far. 10 out of 10. You know what? Back when you had a cartridge that you had to buy, you didn't have this problem. <laughs> that's you fair. To play Super Mario two. You pulled the cartridge right out and you played Super Mario 2. No, that's fair. You're right. Shame on me. I uh, know. So the big things here is one that the game is switching to free to play, meaning the the payment model is going to be different. I, don't, I have my issues about that. We'll see how that goes. But since it's free to play, anybody can download it. And so like the game's been out for like six years now, but they're changing the pay model. So everybody's coming back. Everybody's rushing back. Everybody's rushing back. So the servers are being like kind of overloaded, which I thought Blizzard would be smart enough about that. However, the other thing that was happening too is something called a, a DDoS attack. Um, it's called a distributed denial of service. So there's a lot of parties out there that will purposely um, like try to screw around with different like companies with these DDoS attacks. So what this means is, um, it is, and I, this is me reading something from the internet. I know it happens. I'm not smart. Um, but just distributed, distributed denial of service attacks are a subclass of denial of service attacks. They involve multiple connected online devices, collectively known as a botnet, which are used to overwhelm a target website with fake traffic. So they keep like sending all these requests out to connect to the server, to all the servers, meaning they overwhelm it. So when people actually want to log in, it's like the, the system can't tell who's real and who's not. 
So it's like people are being assholes. And so for this game being out for three days, I got in for five minutes. I didn't even actually get the chance to kill her or die. So that's been pretty cool. Well, it sounds like it's time well spent at least. <laughs> sure. I mean, at least I had the wherewithal to like watch um, other like things on my phone as opposed to just sit there and stare at the screen. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I just like, want to, I just want to yeah. picture you staring like, you know, almost like uh, the one guy at the end of uh, the original Blair Witch where he's just staring <laughs> at a blank wall. Like you uh, just staring no, yeah, at no, the modern. I was thinking of more as me like the RCA dog and just like had my ear cocked, like looking in the distance. <laughs> no. um, Instead, are you doing the Michael Myers where you're just tipping your yeah, head like, back mm-hmm, and forth? You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the entire time. No, um, I was like, you know what? I'm going to let this thing because if I backed out of it, then I would reset my line and cue. Right. So I'm like, I'll give it a minute. Like tonight before we start recording. I'm like, I'm going to set this to go. I ordered, you know, some, some stuff to be delivered, like, um, like beverages and stuff. So I was like, okay. And I'm like, oh, I'm at 700 line beverage. People come I'm like, all right, I'm going to go out and like get that. And I'm like, okay, come back in look. And I'm like, I'm going to take the garbage. I'm sorry. I'm going to bring the garbage back in. So I was like actually doing things for like 20 minutes. So it wasn't like me just sitting there and being like, well, this is, this is the game I want to play now. So I'm sure it will get better. But it has been frustrating. You know, does that make, like, it's just like. What if there uh, is no Overwatch 2 and, like, <laughs> they just keep doing this? Yes, yeah. What if this is, like, one big psyop, right? Like, and like, then people are, 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 you know, they're like, well, we'll just put the first one back on and see if anybody notices. And and people are just relieved because they can play the game. I would again. be okay with that right now. I, I Some of the changes they're making in the second game, I don't, like, I know of them. I've known of the beta stuff that's been coming the last couple of years because it's been taking a while for this part to come out. I know what's coming. I have my questions of whether or not I will enjoy the game, but I haven't like, I didn't even dip into the beta invites. Cause I'm like, I'll play it when it comes out. Like, I'm not going to, you know, why, why um, deal with all like the bugs and rebalances, you know, like, and then t- clearly there's something else going on. But anyway, I just want to tell you about my overwatch two experience so far. I got to look at my dudes and change some of their looks and that's it. So I got to play paper doll party for five minutes and Overwatch 2. So that was part of my weekend. Um, and the other part too, other than I've been continuing on with my Venture Watch, Venture Brothers Watch. So I'm in the season three now. Still fun. Um, we talked about that last week. Uh, Rob Zombie's The Monsters I ended up watching with my wife. Oh boy. Uh, <laughs> I, I have not watched it yet. And... Oh. I already know that your review is not going to be good. I well, okay. So, so I will, I will temper it. Right. So first, uh, sorry, go ahead, please, please, please. No, say, no, sorry, I apologize. Say, no, I, that's not to say that you have to like the movie or anything like that. It's just it's become such a cliche within the horror community where people are just like, you know, he, he doesn't even, he he can announce tomorrow that he's making something and people would just immediately shit on it no matter what it was. That's fair. I mean, so in, ter- well, in terms of the reaction, not because of Rob Zombie, what you're saying, like you're not inaccurate about that. Um, and I remember your 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 media post, social media post, a couple days ago, about like, this is the last thing that nobody could actually have an opinion about this movie until it comes out or whatever it is he said. Um, and yeah, yeah, and it may be terrible. Don't get me wrong; it could be awful. But like, I just I. I <sighs> It's one of those easy uh, he's one of those easy targets that people will complain about because they don't have anything better to do than just complain about Rob Zombie. Oh, I, that, I, that's compl- I mean what your your assessment of social media and like the horror circles and fandom is, I agree with that a thousand percent. So I will say that um, I um, 
I, after my uh, my uh, uh, various adventures at Cinema Wasteland on Saturday, Sunday was some rough going. I ended up going back upstairs to fall asleep for like I woke up at seven, went back upstairs at like one, woke up at like three thirty. Felt right as rain then after you like you know sleep for another two hours or whatever. As I'm coming downstairs, uh, my wife is actually watching Hocus Pocus two, and I'm just like. Oh. Okay. But then I wasn't going to be like, you know what? She's looking forward to this movie. I'm not going to be an asshole. You know, like I went and go, go grab a beverage, sat down. Thankfully for me, it was like the last 10 minutes of the movie. <laughs> so I'm <just> like, <laughs> all right, all right, right. Good, good to go. And then, and then, um, I told her, I was like, she, like, she was a singer. She's like, did you want to watch something else? I was like, well, I do have to watch something for the podcast. And so we put in Friday four. So, so think about the sandwich of movies for, for my wife, Hocus Pocus two, Friday 13th part four, the final chapter. And we watched that. And she's like, do I need to have watched the rest of them? I'm like, no, like, <laughs> you know, like, and then I forgot that the beginning of four actually did a pretty good job of catching you up. Like there's that montage, like previously on Friday the 13th. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did a pretty good job there. Anyway, so we watched that and then she's like, do you want to watch something else? And she gave me like a stack of movies to look at. I'm just like, and one of them was like a uh, Snoop Dogg's hood of horror. I'm like, I never want to see that movie ever again in my life. So no, um, that movie's so bad. And then it was like, one of them was like a claymation Christmas. I'm like, why, why, why is the, and she's like, there's a Halloween special there on too. I'm like, oh yeah, you're right. So I was like, why are you giving me these immediate knockouts of films? I don't want to watch. Um, and then she's like, or the monsters. I'm like, sure. So we started watching the monsters. I was thinking it was going to be like a brief 89 minutes in and out. It's almost two hours. (laughs) I was not expecting that criticism. I did not know what the length was, but I was not expecting that. Did that. Okay. So. Does that like just on just on the surface? Does a monsters movie need to be almost two hours long? Yeah. <laughs> so okay, so let me just say this: I, um, I did like the movie, meaning like I didn't hate it. I didn't actively hate it. Um, the, the, like it feels like it, it, it feels really wobbly. Um, that like, not, I'm, I'm not talking about like the sitcom kind of like tropes of it, like which mm-hmm. zombie nailed, like everybody's goofy and, and like it's silly. And the main leads, the guy that plays Herman Munster is actually really good. Uh, Sherry Moo Zombie, she plays a good Lily. I just wish they would have given her a little bit more of a jumping off point. And then the gentleman that plays Grandpa, aka the Count, he steals the show. So they're all fine. Like, I mean, like there's a couple bits in that work for me. It's just that when you talk about like the look of a film, like with zombie, he has a certain color palette that he wants to use, but it just felt like with something about the lighting and the way that the digital cameras worked, it felt like, like, like watching it, the, the conversation that my wife and I had, like Mary and I had, she kept pausing and she's like, why does this not look right? And we kept talking about it and she's like, something doesn't look right to me. And I'm like, yeah, cause it's the digital effect. She's like, it looks, she said a grainy and I, as she was saying from like, she didn't mean film grainy. Cause like if she would have been like, I've been like, I would have been all in at this thing would actually look filmic. Uh, but there's something off about it the entire time. And it's like, it's just hard to put your finger on, but it's like it, because of the, the presentation, not because of the set design, not because of the acting, not because of the color choices, it looks cheap. And, and again, that feels like if it's a personal, if it's, if that's an actual, sorry, artistic decision, fine, but it looks cheap and it's very upsetting. Cause it's like you, this is supposed to be a movie, not a, um, a, a, you know, a Disney 
afternoon spooky, you know, thing, you know, like, so it looks, it looks weird. I'll just put it that way. But also the storyline just kind of meanders and doesn't really do much. And it's like, you have individual moments, but it's like, um, I'm not going to, I'm not going to get into it because you've not seen it yet. And I know you're going to check it out. It's just that where the, where you think the crux of the movie should have been, um, it, it, the act structure is really weird. That's all mm-hmm. that. And I thought, I thought zombie with all his multitude of movies he's made so far would have a little bit of finger, like better finger on the pulse of like pacing and, and act act structure. This would have been better if they would have, if Netflix would have been like, all right, we're going to do like a limited series of four to five, 30 minute episodes. And you can kind of find your breakpoints. I think that would have been a little, would have been better served as a limited series as opposed to a movie. So I, I do wonder if him being such a super fan of, of the monsters maybe hurt it in the sense that uh, the original Daredevil movie, we've talked about this, that you, you've not seen that, correct? No, I've not, I feel like, I've, I've okay. not seen it, yeah. One of the criticisms of it is is that like it's clearly a guy who really loves Daredevil and he wants to do everything all in one movie. Um, and it's like, man, you could have saved Bullseye or you could have saved Elektra, you could have saved a lot of this, you know, from this movie, but it's clearly also a guy who's like, they're letting me make a daredevil movie. Holy shit. I'm going to cram everything that I possibly can in here with the monsters. You know, maybe it's that he couldn't see a clear narrative. So he was like, I'm going to throw everything in there that I want to say about the monsters and screw it. You know, I'm going to get chastised for doing it anyway. And I guess that's me defending him, but in the sense of like, I do wonder if maybe that's to a detriment of him being such a huge fan of it. Well, if that's that's the case, he didn't cram enough in because it feels like there's like at the end, my wife's asking questions about like, well, where was this? Where was this? I'm like, it's, it's a prequel story in a lot of ways. And that's fine. I'd like, I'm, I had no skin in the game watching it. I was just more like, it was more like I was ultimately curious about what what I was about to get into, you know, (laughs) like, and then talking about production values, there's these shots where it's like, you can see the green screen stuff going on, which is, I mean, I get it. The Munsters was a fifties, like, or sorry, sixties TV show that had a low budget. Right. I get it. Like, so if you're, if you're kind of making that joke, then kind of make that joke. But if you, mm-hmm. but if you, if you're not making that joke and you can't make it, if you can't make the shot work, then don't do the shot. That's all. That's, that's all I'm saying. Like, like, and I think zombie as a filmmaker understands like what he's got and what he doesn't got. But for whatever reason, I don't know if it was more like Netflix is like, you have to, you have to give us this much or what, but, um, it's, there's bits that are okay, but you like I, I tell you, anybody's been listening for any length of time. My wife has a much higher tolerance for liking things than I do, and there was something in the last like 10, 15 minutes that happened. I'm just watching, just minding my own business, and I hear her go, mm. and I'm like, "That's why I married you." Like that's what <laughs> she was getting really frustrated. I wasn't because I'm like, I'm already in like this thing is like, you know, it's like, th- this is, this has been, um, nothing about this is made. It, it's nothing has really risen above the level of what I was expecting. Like, again, people say there's uh, people I know out there that they say they love it. Cool. Like I'm not going to, I'm, I'm not going to be this. I'm, this is not the hell I'm going to die on. Right. But it's just, um, you know, watch it once and then be frustrated. Like, wait, when you're, you get to the end, you're like, that's the movie right there. That's where the movie should have been versus the movie that we got. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So there's, there's, but like I said, the guy that plays, plays Herman is actually really good. Like he, he actually does a, he, his laugh, he does the, you know, the Fred Gwynn laugh. Right. And that's fine because that's Herman. Right. But like the way he also carries himself separate is actually pretty good. Um, and there's, there's, there's a couple gags that work, you know, but there's also stuff where it just feels like it's a schlocky like sketch stuff, which again, I understand that it's the nature of the show. So I'm not, I'm not against it. I'm just saying that it's weird that you're trying to do an homage to the show, but also trying to kind of update it, but you can't pick a lane. Like I would put it to you this way. Um, the Brady bunch sequel, um, not the first one, but the sequel, it walks that line of being like, this family shouldn't exist in the, the, the like in the nineties. Right. But it's campy and fun, but it also plays with that, like fish out of water type of thing a lot better. So that's, that's what I'll say about that. Yeah. And uh, you know, there, it is tough company to be in, in the sense that, uh, before we started recording guys, we, we, we had a conversation about, uh, Dabney Coleman and that somehow <laughs> led me to, uh, thank you. Coleman thank you for bringing the Dabney Coleman verse into this. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, the fact that he was Mr. Drysdale in the Beverly Hills movie, Beverly Hillbillies movie from, 93 94 whatever year that came out um but you know there are examples where you know obviously adam's family is probably the high that's high bar yeah that's that's valid that i think that's a good comparison in terms of like they they are who they are but also butting up against like the rest of the world right yeah you know um brady bunch same thing the first brady bunch movie you know, I don't dislike the second one. I just, I, I, that first one was so like out of nowhere and just caught me off guard and was perfect for the time that it came out. Um, was it the first I, one I, or the second one where Mike kept pitching the, um, architecture of the same house over and over it, again? It's the first one. Okay. Maybe the, maybe it's the first one I'm thinking of. Cause it's, is that also when we got the sight gag of Alice walking into the fridge and closing the door? I think that one might be in the second <laughs> one, but uh, <laughs> she's like, "Good night," and just walks into the fridge. I'm like, "Oh, cousin Oliver, oh Tiger, like whatever." Anyway, sorry. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's some some great stuff uh, in that movie, so I think that that's another one. I, I haven't seen like Twenty One Jump Street. I know oh. that people really like that. Yeah, that's actually um, that's a pretty good call too. You should check out that. And this like both that and the sequel are actually a lot of fun. In a lot of okay. ways. So, yeah. Uh, so I, I'll say, you know, there's a, when it's done well, it's done really well. Like there's some really great stuff out there. The same time, how many like middling sort of terrible, either remakes of classic television shows or ideas, you know, never got anywhere. And again, this is not, I'll, I'll, I'll pony up to the fact that yes, I will, probably overly defend Rob Zombie sometimes because I just feel like he's the easy target. But in, in that same regard, like there was a series called uh, the Munsters today or something along those lines that ran for two or three seasons in syndication in the late eighties, early nineties. And it was awful. It was just absolutely <laughs> awful. So it's well, like, they, they, with they the tried Munsters, doing, where's the bar? Yeah. They, they tried know? to, was it that mockingbird lane series that um, they tried doing for a second and they didn't even the pilot there, the pilot is a movie and that was it. So I, I think Brian Fuller tried to take that one into too far of a weird space. I totally got what he was trying to do with it, but I'm like, oh man, I don't know that. I don't think that regular America is ready for this type of version of the Munsters, where you know it's 
not far more realistic, but it's it's not it's not a Boris Karloff knockoff walking <laughs> around the screen. I didn't watch that, but I like to believe that like Herman Munster just had like a head wound at one point, and he's just like he's just been like wrong ever since. Like that's the update for him. <laughs> like. <it's> just- <laughs> <laughs> No, um, no, it's just the monsters is like, it, it's not, it's, it's not offensive because he was making this for families. You can tell this is a, like, this is a family movie and that's fine. That's completely fine. It's just that I think there's a lot of family fair. Like you mentioned the Adams family movies, right? Um, I think that's, you know, that, I mean, as much as I, it's not my, it's not my jam, not my cup of tea with those, with those films, but I can at least appreciate that. I know they had a much bigger budget, but, uh, with this, it's like, you know, I'm not, I'm not putting it like, I'm not being like, Oh, it's Rob zombie. How dare he? There's something, there's something off about it and something not connecting. So him as a director, I, I, I guess I'm not, I'm not mad about it. There's a couple of these weird little, like, um, what do you call them? Undercranked moments of people like running around like Benny Hill shit. Like, I'm like, it's 2022. Calm down. We don't need that. Like just, we don't need the, we don't need all the sound effects either on shit. But, um, but it was funny. Cause as we're starting to watch it, my wife was like, she's like, I hope this isn't like dark shadows. I didn't like that movie. I'm like, yeah, I didn't really like that one either. You know, <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, and, and I'll, I'll, I'll also say too, you know, I mean, it'll be interesting to see what the reaction is to, the Wednesday series that's coming, you know, uh, because you just mentioned dark shadows, you know, that was not something that everybody loved. And I don't know that so much, you know, fans of the original, you know, decrying Tim Burton's version of it. I just think that it was not a, a great movie. I have not seen it, so I have no opinion, but, um, I, I think with the Adams family, it was so weird. Like we got the monsters trailer, and people were like, this looks, this looks awful. It's the worst thing ever. And then like, we got the Adams family trailer and like Louise Guzman shows up and people lose their minds. So yeah. I, I'm really Louise Guzman playing see. somebody named Gomez Adams. They're like, right. <laughs> that who he, looks like the cart. He looks like, like the Charles comic Burns strip. Cartoon. Yeah. yeah. Like, Oh no. Yeah. Just, um, I, I, I hate the world, Steve. I really do. Um, <laughs> you know, I believe what was it? Uh, what's that line from seven where he quote at the very end, he's like, you know, um, was like, I, I, I believe this world is, was it's, it's worth like, there's goodness in this world and it's worth fighting for it. And then at the end he says, I believe in the second part. I'm like, yep, that's kind of, kind of where I'm at. <laughs> you know, like, uh, yeah. Um, cause you know, um, fish people can't be colored. You know, and, and and Gomez Adams can't look like Gomez Adams, you know, like, so no, anyway, I think you might be more forgiving of the monsters because I think you, um, are like, you might be able to go back like, cause I know, like, I know Halloween's like your favorite holiday. Um, and there's a lot more of that, not in this, well, nostalgia is baked in, but that kind of, it's not corniness isn't the right word. Right. But there is a certain warmth to um different it's eras. almost kitsch at yeah this yeah point, but yeah like, i think kitsch is probably the right word i have i have arguments with my wife about what's considered kitschy or not she'll use that word i'm like i don't think you're applying that the right way and then we get should we get to a fight um but there's a certain amount of like earnestness to yeah. these things when they're made that we can appreciate right like so um, but much like with anything that's associated with a major holiday. So I know your, your, uh, love is from a different spot than mine is at times. And so maybe you'll get more out of it. I, I gave it like two stars in letterbox. It's not because it's like, it's not incompletely made. It just kind of meanders. And it's like, 
Like the, you could have tightened it up and you could have, if you would have like, I'll just say this, you could have tightened it up and there's some plot threads. You're like, okay, are you going to explore that? No. All right. But there's some decent jokes in there. The actors do it well. Um, like it just, it's a, it's a mixed bag. I'll just say that. Like, I didn't hate it, but it's just like, I, I'm good if I never see it again. You know, like I'm, I'm not going to come. I'm not, I, I'm not coming out swinging. That That's what I'm saying. Like, you know me, like, you know, I get frustrated with stuff. But like it is what it is. I didn't expect much. I didn't get much. I was hoping I'd get more than that trailer would give me. But it is what it is. You know, I'll I, boy, I, I I'll probably catch hell for saying this, but uh, I'm not making a comparison at all. But I hope that Rob Zombie gets to make something that is so far outside of. The, either the audience he's known for or his his fans or horror like i i want to know what like you know the what the is rob it, what, zombie like teen comedy no, the, like i want rob zombie music from another room or whatever it was the west craven film like i want and that's the that's yeah. the comparison <laughs> i was going to make is that like west craven you know who did all these amazing horror movies was really like a guy who's like i just want to direct movies and he got like one shot at it and um, I, it's not music from another room. It's uh, music of the heart. It. What's it music called? Music of the heart. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm sorry. Yeah. I keep forgetting. I, just, I get this mixed up, right? But yeah, I know he made his one. Like everyone's like, oh, he made a movie where there's no killers. It's like other than the ravages of time, you know, whatever. Right. Anyway, um, but I, I definitely would like to know like what that movie would be. Like I want to see, you know, the teen comedy from Rob Zombie or the you know the romantic comedy from Rob Zombie, which I, I do understand that this is kind of a, a Lillian Herman love story because the, the kids aren't involved yet. It's not quite a prequel, right? But it's, no, it is a prequel. You'll see like it, it is like the kids aren't involved. Um, and yeah, there's some, you, it, it's like, you'll see it, it, it all like, it answers some questions that like I never asked. It's just, I feel like some of those questions could have been answered in the first, like, like I was talking to my wife, I was like, you know, a really well done intro sequence would have salt, like would have set us up really good up and running, which is funny because, um, I have never seen all the devil's rejects, which I think I'm good. And I need, so I know, I know, like, I, I know, I know, I know, Steve, I know I've not seen house of a thousand corpses. I've not seen all the devil's rejects. However, I know zombie sought shot so much footage for that film that they're like, you know what? What if we take some of this and turn it into a montage playing? Was it a um, midnight, right? Midnight Rambler um, mm-hmm. from the beginning. I was shown that beginning. It gives you so much information and you're good to go. Like that didn't need to be its own movie, which like, thankfully someone stepped in and was like, we can cut this down and get everything across. I feel like the monsters, you could have taken the first two, th- two thirds of this movie and actually given me like, been like, all right, here's where we're at. This is how we end up. And you could have had a lot of fun with it and then um, got us to the monsters and then give them something else to explore being in the modern age of like people not understanding that they're, they're monsters, you know what I like? I don't know. Anyway, so you're about to say something about defending uh, devil's rejects. Yes. I, I just, I, <laughs> look, I'm, I'm not going to be able to change your mind on it. And if, if you are somebody who's like, yeah, I watched half of Devil Re- Devil's Rejects. It's not for me. You're not going to like House of a Thousand Corpses. Well, I'm going to tell you that right I now. I saw the first eight minutes. I, I will here. I'll put this to you. Not not right now because I got a lot of shit going on. You know, just, you know, I I got I got a lot of better things. I'm kidding. Uh, but I will 
I will do it just for the sake of I can't shit talk something I've I've not seen. I will watch those three films. I will watch House of a Thousand Corpses. I will watch Devil's Rejects, and I'll get to uh, Three from Hell. Like I might as well run the series. I think at least watch it once. I can make my opinions then. I will do that. So I'll, I'll say this: House of a Thousand Corpses is an uneven movie. It's a movie where Rob Zombie clearly has a lot of ideas and he doesn't know what to do with all of them. Uh, Devil's Reject is the best of the three. It's the one that feels the most centered and in, in uh, centered. It's not the right word. The most focused mm-hmm. um, uh, of the three films. And it's the one that I think has the strongest both start and ending. Um, three from hell is, is it's good. Um, but it's, it's just, it, it feels very much like the devil's rejects again. Like you get to the end of devil's rejects. It very much feels like, well, these guys are dead, mm-hmm. you know? And I feel like in zombies mind, they probably were for a very long time until somebody was like, Hey, we can make some more money. And I don't mean to make it sound that way, but like, I don't know, maybe he had the idea. Maybe, maybe there was something else where he was like, you know what? I'm going to do another devil's rejects movie because why not? I don't know what the thought process was there, but it feels like, a lesser version of the second one. It's still interesting. There's still some, some cool stuff in it, but like devil's rejects. It's, it's not only, I think the best of those three, I would fight to say that it's probably his best movie, Okay. but Lords of Salem. I, and I know you might know a guy who has voodoo, uh, and recently just bought Lords of Salem. It's weird. Cause that person voodoo. I know, like I can't ever put their password in. Right. So I keep oh. getting knocked out. So I might have to talk to them. Um, but, but uh, uh, yeah, I, I, if you haven't seen Lords of Salem, I think that might be his second best movie. You may want to check that one out as well. Okay, that's that's, that's okay. I, I I will be open to it because I know I, as much as I get frustrated, people are like, I don't know about that, and I'm and I'm doing that with those other films. I'm just saying. So yes, go I'm ahead, gonna, please. I, yes. I'm going to interrupt you again. So mm-hmm. uh, it's going to be that type of night. Uh, it's also you know I don't want you to think that like you know I. I totally get if you're like, it's just not for me, man. I tried. I really tried. I would much rather like have somebody try it. Like, for instance, Wes Anderson, I think his movies are perfectly fine, but people love them. Like, I enjoy them when I watch them, but I don't I don't connect to them. Like, my wife particularly loves Wes Anderson. Like, I, I'm like, yeah, he's quirky, and, like, he's got a shtick, and he does that every movie, and, like, he's the weird guy. Um <laughs> You know, I, oh, I can, can that please be the pull quote on his next film? <laughs> you know what? He's the weird guy. <laughs> <laughs> you, you can throw the same criticism at Kevin Smith, who I I will give every movie he does a chance because, like, you, I, you know, in my my twenties, you were the most important filmmaker to me. So I will I will watch even if he made a Yoga Hosers too. I'd still give it a chance. Like, uh, oh, so yeah, maybe. Yeah. Maybe that's bias on my part in the sense of me going like, well, Wes Anderson's not for me. But, you know, I'm not expecting you to come away and have some sort of newfound appreciation of Rob Zombie. So don't put yourself through that challenge yeah. for my sake. Is no, no, I just, I, no, 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 no. This goes back to stuff we've talked about previously about like there's always something more. So maybe there's something here that it hasn't clicked for me yet. And, and for me purposely avoiding movies I've not seen because, you know, on the surface, I'm like, it may not be for me that a lot of people that I know have enjoyed them. You know, I'm robbing myself that opportunity. I, I will run the series uh, and then see how I feel. And like, 
considering like what what what's a better um, spending of my time watching these movies or just staring at Overwatch trying to get me like loading in, you know, like so. Um, yeah, <laughs> you know, like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm 2000 in, in line. Well, I guess I could just watch a Rob Zombie movie and just wait, you know, like the, the, you know, there's, there's worse things to, to do, like watch the boondock saints, you know? So, um, <laughs> shots fired and, and fight me anyway. So anyway, uh, yeah, that was our weekend talk, Steve. Are you happy that we went, um, over an hour for our weekend talk? Is that, that's pretty good. I right? am. It, it makes me feel good inside to know that we haven't lost our touch. <laughs> All right, uh, let's just get to some news. Good news, everyone. Sure. Um, so, Steve, you're excited for uh, some stuff happening at McDonald's. Yeah, you know, I, I I don't really have particular nostalgia for this, but it's something that still kind of grabbed me, so maybe I do. Uh, McDonald's is bringing back its classic uh, Happy Meal Halloween pails. Um, the three pails are McWitch, uh, McBoo, and uh, McGoblin, I think, or it's McGhost. I don't remember how he's delineated, but uh, uh, you guys probably remember uh, it's, it's McBoo, McPunkin, and McGoblin is how they listed okay. it. So. <laughs> Uh, you know, there's a pumpkin orange pail. There's a white pail that looks like a ghost and then a green pail that looks like a witch. I was probably too old to be really enjoying that when they came out. Cause I think they started at like late eighties, early nineties. Um, although I had this discussion with my wife when I was talking about masters of the universe and, uh, she was like, she was like, how old were you at the time? I'm like, I don't know, 13. She's like, weren't you a little old? I'm like, Hey, 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 I'm in my forties now. <laughs> You know, and I still, so don't come at with me with, aren't you a little old or weren't you a little old? But, uh, yeah, they're bringing back the classic, uh, happy meal designs, which I'm sure people like me who, who probably didn't even think they had a nostalgia for it. I'm like, I'm going and buying three happy meals that day and hoping I get all three. Um, you know, because I can't just ask, I can't be like, can I get three different buckets? Um, no, I'm like, I got to eat three Happy Meals and make sure that they're all different. <laughs> uh, but the the demand for these, I think, is going to be high. I don't know if it's going to be Rick and Morty level, but they have yeah. to know at this point. Because I, I feel like <laughs> I, I also feel like people have is vested interest in weird things like Happy Meal toys in buckets and things like that, as as I do. But like. I think it's probably a very classically known thing and something that it will drive a lot of people to their restaurants or if not, why would they be doing it? So, okay. So to give a little bit of time and date, the original buckets were at 86. They were three orange ones. I was 12. There you go. See, I think that's, I think that's fair. And they were all, they were all three orange and they had different faces. And then, and uh, was 92 is when they re- did the redesign. Was ninety two? Yes, says ninety two. Sorry, nineteen ninety. Nineteen ninety. Sorry, two like nineteen ninety. They did the redesign of the orange, green, and white. So, um, so I don't think you were too old. I mean, I get it. Like, I mean, weird, but not too old. I'm kidding. Uh, so, um, so yeah, that was a thing. My my whole thing now is that I, I saw a story yesterday that I, I posted to a, a, a comment page that Steve and I are on about how. So here's the headline. McDonald's workers are begging people to stop ordering adult happy meals. 
And so um, they just released Like, I remember I was like, I was at McDonald's a couple days ago because I hate myself and I needed to get some nuggets. And I was like, what is, what is this like happy meal thing? And it was like, it was, um, it, what was it called? It is, it was a weird thing. Uh, it's some kind of cactus plant flea market adult um, happy meal box where they have, I don't know if that's like a, a thing, like an art style, like a, like a subset, like people are like, Oh, it's cactus plant flea market figures, but all four of them. And I will send you like, I, well, the link is on our, the social media that you and I follow there. The, the figures are all have four eyes. You have a grimace, a uh, hamburglar, a, um, Oh, what's the name of the girl with the hair? The, the bird, it's a girl with a birdie, I believe birdie. Yeah. And then it looks like there's like a cookie dough guy. Right. Anyway. Um, and so like, so people, so, um, it said, uh, what was it? Um, people were like ordering like, like multiple. So, cause also, cause it's an adult happy meal. You can get a big Mac or a box of 10 nuggets. So that's like bigger or more complex than the like typical happy meal like thing. So, um, and so it helps that it doesn't help that the boxes haven't been designed to stack. So like people order like, you know, a gazillion of them and like these workers are trying to bring them out. And it's like, they don't even like, don't even like stack on top of each other. Um, so someone on Reddit posted an image of an order coming through either the, the app, like, you know, McDonald's app or like a DoorDash app. Um, there was a, this is this monster order from a drive through instance involved eight Big Macs and 20 chicken nuggets, meaning 20 orders of chicken nuggets, along with 10 portion of fries, 10 drinks, etc., um, and adult happy meal boxes. And that person had a 50% off coupon. Go after yourself person with that coupon for just one customer in a long line. And according to what we've seen, this is nonstop. One staffer reported their manager called back an order of 43 fries at once. So yeah. Right. <laughs> and so then there was a, there was a TikTok video where like a worker was like asking like people begging not to get the adult happy meal. So it's just like, it's one of these things you could tell that someone's like, I have a fun idea. What about nostalgia? And then all the girls are like, give me this box. You know, whatever. Like, it's just, my God, like you can't, nothing can be fun anymore. You know, like, so with them announcing these, you know, these, you know, Halloween buckets, you know, like I, I'm sure the moment this was announced, there's probably like a, a number of people that work like late shift at McDonald's are bawling our eyes out right now. You know, like, cause you know, you're going to have those people and be like, well, I want all three. It's like, I'm sorry. All we have are which buckets left. Well, that's not what I want. You know, like whatever. <laughs> so you're saying I'll be complaining where I'm like, I don't want three, which buckets? Yeah. Um, I'm an adult. <laughs> I'm closer to retirement age than my youth. Give me these plastic buckets. But I do think that that's part of it is that people want something that'll make them feel young again, even if it's, you know. Yeah, McDonald's uh, fries will make you feel young again. Uh, if, you, if you eat a bunch of McDonald's fries, you will feel young again. That's exactly no, what I'm <laughs> But I'm talking about the idea of going and getting a Happy Meal. You know, it's – I don't I don't even want to tell you how many, like, Burger King's Kid Meals I bought uh, when they released The Simpsons Treehouse of Terror. Oh, but Steve, we yeah, know, we, it was we, ugly. We've known each um, other for years now, right? It's been like, you know, um, you know, like I just, you could be honest with me. No one's listening. Like how they, many- they did two separate <laughs> releases. So I would literally go and get, I don't know, two or three at a time oh. and then take them home and hope that I didn't get the same toy in each one. I just, and, I just want to believe yeah. the drive through. They're like, Oh, your kids are going to be happy. You're like, what? Oh yeah. So, yeah. 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 They'll be happy. 
<laughs> to make myself uh, seem even more uh, like a, a g- giant grown man baby, um, when I was... <sighs> okay, well, let me go back. So 2002, uh, Sam Raimi's Spider-Man comes out. And I am uh, 28 when that movie comes out, unfortunately. Um, (laughs) And there was like an offer to get a Spider-Man poster from like Kit Kat. And I don't remember how it was like an obscene number of how many Kit Kats you you had to buy. But I like picked up like two a day for I don't know how long uh, because I was like, well, I'm going to keep the rappers and get me that Spider-Man poster. And I just kept eating Kit Kats, eating Kit Kats, (laughs) eating Kit Kats. You know what I never did? Get Never that, Spider- ordered that Spider-Man poster, <laughs> but a life well lived, you know. Yes. I think I think that's fair. Yeah, um, but no, I I do think there's something to that, and that like, God, you know, regular life is so shitty. <laughs> like it just is. You know, I, I I in recent months I've had some really good things happen to me, but I'm now in a spot where things are not so great, and uh, it. It just sucks, and there's nothing really that can be done to change that thing. And, you know, if people want a Happy Meal, granted, they should be assholes about it. Don't don't be assholes about your Happy Meal. But, like, I get that impulse of being like, you know what, I'm going to go. They made this adult Happy Meal. I'm going to go get it, and maybe it'll ease the pain of my existence for four minutes. I, I totally get that impulse. Well, that, that's fine. Go get one, not like 15. And like, you know, like that's the whole thing. It's like, we're all grownups now. We have money to do dumb shit like this. You know, mm-hmm. that, that's what's frustrating. It's like, oh, you didn't expect all of us to be goddamn idiots and order 8,000 of these at once, did you? You know, like, that's all. Like, there was a Pokemon promotion that they did a couple years ago that they ran into the problem that all the adults bought all the Pokemon things because they like they weren't they collect- selling them on eBay yeah, though or something. But like none of the kids times? got Pokemons, which is like that's the whole point, you know? Like the you talk you talked about the Szechuan sauce thing, which I think is stupid as well. People were overreacting and being dumb because uh, it's nostalgic for a thing that existed for a second because Rick and Morty mentioned it. But like this, it's like I I shudder to think and how many grownups ironically are going to be like, I mean, they're going to want this thing ironically and abuse people that, you know, these are jobs that like, I get it. Like they're like, they're paying. You got, you got your shit. You got to do You're living your life. Do you need to deal with somebody getting upset that they can't get a plastic bucket the way they want? You know, like that's, I, I've worked too much in retail, like to, I could just see this coming from a mile away. There's going to be a lot of uh, people working and be like these goddamn buckets, you know, like that's all. Yeah. So, oh yeah, I feel their pain. I do feel awful for them, but I, I do understand. But however, he, Steve's going to get all three, but sorry, yes, three yes, to I have am. three to keep like in, in storage. Uh, and so three for use three, three are going to be your daily lunchbox. You're going to switch them out, right? Yes, yes, that's that's the thing. <laughs> I will uh uh it which is funny because my wife uh oddly enough uh this was years ago I got a new job and so she bought me a vintage Empire Strikes Back lunchbox and I used it like twice and then I was like you're too pretty to use as a lunchbox. <laughs> That's what plastic bags are for. I'm going to put um, you up on the shelf. I'm going to I'm going to put all my best Ben Luke's in here. I'm just going to hide them all. <laughs> exactly. One by one. No, 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 uh, no, uh, no. I just I like that. Like I just I know you enough that I feel like you're going to get three for having and three for keeping. I feel like that's what's going to happen with you. I mean, and, and like and maybe the thought didn't even occur to you right now. But am I wrong? You're probably not wrong. <laughs> no. 
<laughs> like, like whatever you're like, Hey honey, we're having, we're having people over tonight. Bring out the good buckets. You know, like that's what's gonna... <laughs> Oh yeah. I'm, I'm sure some of this is going to show up in my house too. I'm sure like my wife will be like, Oh, I got you a boo bucket. I'm like, great. I'm like, cool. Um, I don't know. It's just like, I don't know. Like, but I mean, I, I mean, we haven't even decorated for the holiday yet. Cause I, I have yet, like, we, I still have to go up to the attic and grab stuff for her, which I, I like Halloween. Don't get me wrong. It's just like, I'm like, Oh, we got to put stuff up now. Like, but I've seen your guys' house. It, it is, you guys, you know, all like uh, awesome stuff. I don't know how much of it's Halloween related or just things that you already have up already. I don't know, but, um, it looks good. You, you've outpaced us by a great deal. Yeah. I mean, we have, um, so there's a company called Retro Gogo that does large size. They're not quite reproductions, but they're they're Ben Cooper style masks okay. done at a large scale. Like uh, I want to say that uh, they're typically between like uh, a foot long, a foot wide, and at least two feet high. Yeah, they're really like cool looking. Half. Like they're yeah, they're they're yeah. big statement pieces, if you will. But uh, uh, we have three up in my my kitchen: um, Frankenberry, Count Chocula, and Booberry, of course. Uh, then we have in our living room we have uh, Dracula, the Mummy, Frankenstein, and Bride of Frankenstein. And then around that we also have other things that we bought that were probably intended for Halloween decoration that were just like, yeah, leave it up. <laughs> so all right, well, fair enough. So um, so okay, so the boo buckets are coming. Uh, you're getting all of them. No, no, no children can have the joy of Halloween because adults are out there grabbing the buckets. To be fair, though, I live in a small town now, so I, maybe, maybe I won't get them. You know. So if you're saying I need to go keep an eye out to make sure that you get your buckets, I'll do that. It's fine. Like because I know, right. like, okay, I'll I will go to the drive thru and be like, can I have a boo bucket? They're like, well, which one do you want? I'm like, I don't know. What do you have left? They're like, well, we have. 87 ghosts. I'll be like, okay, I'll take a ghost. It's fine. You know, whatever. And then I'll tell you, and you'd be like, I already have the ghost one. Then like, you know, like we'll not be friends anymore. I get it. It's fine. Um, so I just like, I like how the three buckets align with the three masks and, um, Halloween three, by the way. So think about that for a second. How, um, I never even thought about that. Look <laughs> at you, you sly son of a bitch. I'm just saying that be careful. Be careful what's going to happen. So, all right. So, we were uh, getting Halloween three Happy Meals in the 90s and no one noticed. Right. Um, so, all right. So, next story here. Um, so, I had I had one story. This is going to be two. However, you said that you were canceling your uh, trip to California. I don't agree with that because I have here reported Bear visits California home to eat trash, <laughs> swim and pool. So, uh, was this the is, bear wearing a t-shirt? Cause I don't take my shirt off. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, you know, cause I mean, it, he, he swung on a rope, but it didn't land so well. So it said a bear paid a visit to a California home and was caught on camera feasting on trash and taking a dip in the house's backyard pool and hot tub. So the people that took the video of this, they said, uh, the video filmed from inside their house shows the bear, which the couple named nicknamed Baloo eating trash and pomegranates before making its way to the backyard. The bear then took a swim in the pool and spent some time in the hot tub before leaving the area. And they said, obviously he's a dangerous animal. So we had to be careful, especially with our dogs, but we've been told by our security that animal control will not come out unless we're in immediate danger. I don't know. You have a bear in your backyard eating trash. That seems like immediate danger to me. I just, that seems odd to me. 
But I like that the video is like, I, I'm not going to like, I've not played it, but like the, the thumbnail is of this bear that's clearly been lounging in a pool or a hot tub. Just like looking at them. So he's lived his best life. I'll, I'll just say this. Uh, and I, I don't think of myself in these terms, but, uh, like if you were to say that, like I was a bear, like my understanding, uh, within the gay community is, is that that refers to like a big guy who's kind of like burly and like, and I certainly don't think of that way. I guess I got the big part down, but like if people at home were just casually listening, um, you know, they may think that you're, 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 you're outing me, um, <laughs> which is perfectly fine too. I, Steve, know. how much facial hair do you have? I can only grow a goatee. We've talked okay. about this. Okay, great, like, great. Uh, better than me. And then like, I don't need to know specifics, but in terms of uh, your overall body hair, what is your percentage of body hair versus not body hair on your body? Like, where do you, where are you at with that? So here, here's, here's the weird thing. I still have all of my hair on my head mm-hmm. and I've got my goatee. Um, I don't really have a lot of like oh, body hair. So you're like um, a large baby with a good yeah I, I like my legs are smooth there's like <laughs> tiny hairs there like my wife like when we first got together she was like do you shave your legs but like, no don't shave my legs much um i don't really have very much armpit hair um it's just one of those weird things like i don't know why but i've had other people tell me that like well that's why you still have so much hair on your head is because oh yeah like there's a, like there's a hair reserve like there's like yeah, a meter yeah. <laughs> it's like, like it's like oh well, your body hair yeah, there, there you go no I, uh, that's not how genetics works i don't think that's how it hey, works hey, like, I, I i'll take the compliment you know either way i'm i'm crouching up on 50 i am happy to have as much hair on my head as i still do so that's that's fair for me it's like i'm i'm about to um turn what 44 or some shit i don't even know my birthday anymore it's coming up your birthday's before mine so we're we're getting into our birthday week next week we're getting there um sooner than later uh but yeah it's like my my older brother and younger brother both have our piebald um and it's just like it somehow it skipped me and i'm just like crossing my fingers i'm like Thank God. Thank God. Please, please, please. <laughs> you know, just like, you know, and I'm sure it frustrates, it frustrates my younger brother when I'm like, I'm gonna go get a haircut. And it's like, it gets really short. And it's like, why would you do that? I'm like, I don't know. It bothers me, you know, like meaning <laughs> I want it there. I just don't want all of it, you know? So, um, but I thought you were going to dispute the bear thing about him eating pomegranates. I thought that was really where you're going to be like, no. Well, yeah, I, I, I think the only time I've ever had pomegranates is usually in some sort of juice flavor. Uh, and usually that involves alcohol. Yeah, by like, itself, it's pomegranates like, never, are just weird. I've never yeah. drank Red Bull, Bull on its own. That's well, that's fair. So pomegranates I can't are like what it tastes like without vodka. In it's it, just so. very seed heavy, and you're like, oh, why? Like, I don't. This is a lot of effort for. I don't know. Anyway, so all right. So this is the story I had found earlier, and this is something we've talked about year to year. But then the the California Bear Store is like, <laughs> um, this is what's going on right now. This came. Uh, this was published actually two days ago. In Alaska's Fat Bear Week election, there's no party like a salmon party, is the headline. So, Alaska, they're doing a Fat Bear Week, which we talked about previously. So, there's a big, uh, there's a big, like, um, um, bracket of how people can vote for all these bears in the wild. They have different numbers. And so far, um, it came down to a final four, and they're going to re- reveal next Tuesday on Fat Bear Tuesday, which one is the fat bear of the, of the year. So, I like the idea that there's a number of fat bears people can vote on. Um, and they learn their history over the course of the year. So I thought you'd appreciate that. I wish people would put their time and energy into something like that instead of the bachelor. 
That's what I'm <laughs> like, why can't that why can't this be the reality show of like, you know, this week, this, sorry, this year on Fat Bear, you know, whatever. Um, yeah, it just but yeah, it's just funny because it's always like it, it it's fun, right? Because people get to vote who's the fat bear of the year, but it also keeps people interested in like uh, conservation and things. Um, but yeah, I like uh just, they all have like a three-digit number, which it feels like the hunger games a little bit. But um, yeah, they're, they're, I just love that it's fat bear week. So everybody out there, you know, a fat bear, support it. That's what I'm going to say about that. So, um, you've already talked about <laughs> the idea of bear or not, so we won't go further, but you know, fat bear support them. They deserve support and vote for them. I agree. <laughs> All right. So that's going to do it for news. Uh, uh, you know, we talked about, um, Oh, what did we even talk about at the beginning there. We talked about some buckets and then we talked about uh, a bear, possibly Steve breaking into a house, eating trash, um, I like the idea. It's just like, it's just you going like, where's those McDonald's fries? I got to get them. There's a bucket around here somewhere anyway. And then fat bear week. So buckets and bears and bears that, that there we go. So, um, yeah, it's going to do it for news. Are you ready, Steve, to talk about Friday the 13th part four? Hell yeah, I'm ready. And now for our feature presentation. Before you have felt the terror, known the madness, lived the horror. But this is the one you've been screaming for. Friday, the 13th, the final chapter. Jason is back. He moves like a shadow, dark and silent. Sorry, you changed your mind? He never utters a word. He doesn't even seem to breathe. Where the hell's the car scroll? He simply, mindlessly, mercilessly, kills. But now, Jason's reign of terror is over. Friday the 13th, the final chapter. Friday, April 13th, is Jason's unlucky day. Tonight's feature presentation, guys, is Friday the 13th, parentheses, part four, parentheses, the final chapter. So uh, I'm going to start this episode off a little differently than we normally would with our feature presentation. And I'm going to tell a story that I've probably told a couple times on here already. So my apologies if you guys have heard it. This should be the last time I tell this story until I'm drunk and forget that I haven't told this story. Uh, so Friday the 13th, uh, the final chapter is released April uh, 13th, 1984. Uh, my brother has just turned 15. I am, I'm nine at this point. Um, no, I'm sorry. I'm still, yeah, no, I'm nine. My apologies. 
So I was like, three years away from boo buckets. It it's three yeah. years away from boo buckets. We know that. So, that- <laughs> uh, but uh, my mother has agreed to take my brother to see Friday the 13th, the final chapter. Uh, him and his best friend want to go. I, I believe that they could be just dropped off and walk in the movie theater and see it. But for some reason, my mom is going to go. So I beg. And I, I don't think she wanted to see the movie. I do not think that was the case at all. Um, I think it was just one of those things where, like, I don't know, maybe she thought, like, well, if I'm in the theater, you know, um, I, I honestly, I don't know what her thought process was on that. Um, but long story short, I'm she's taking my brother and I beg her. I tell her, you know, she's worried I'm going to be scared. Uh, she's like, you know, you're going to come home. You're going to have nightmares. I'm like, no, mom, I know it's all special effects. And I'm, you know, I, I know from, you know, all my movie magic things that this is all fake and, you know, it's masks and fake blood and whatever. And I know it's all fake. So she finally, I must have dug into her. I don't know. I don't know what the timeline is, but, um, we actually don't go see it until the following Saturday, not the 14th, but the 21st. Keep in mind, people, April 22nd is Easter, and I was raised, you know, Lutheran. We celebrated Easter in our household. Um, I see Friday the 13th, the final chapter, age nine, the night before Easter. So uh, we go see it, and I think my mom's, I think her fear of, like, the horror and gore quickly went away once boobies started making their way to the screen. So I think that, uh, and you know, I, I apologize for, for being so blunt about it. Well, we could say, uh, you know, all the young TNA or breasts, however you want to phrase it on, on here. But like, yeah, it, it was, I was a nine year old kid seeing boobies on the screen. I was, you know, glued to it. So I'm sure that like her reaction was probably more horrified by that because i don't think she saw that coming i thought that she was like oh i'm gonna have to you know deal with him being scared or whatever but like i think she quickly realized like oh yeah there's drug use and nudity in this movie too shit um maybe i shouldn't have brought my nine-year-old but thankfully my mom was cool about it and um uh i will say though that night i don't think I got more than three hours of sleep. Uh, and it wasn't because I was excited to get up uh, for Easter morning service. It was uh, genuine terror. Um, this movie scared the hell out of me. Because of the so, boobs? The boobs scared you? I get it. Like, there's a lot of boobs. There, There is. But <laughs> the image of Jason getting a machete to the face and sliding down the blade <laughs> stuck with me. And it stuck with me hard. Um so I, the reason I bring this up is, is that, you know, I think that everybody has their favorites and I will not lie. This is my favorite and it is very hard for me to separate that nostalgia or that memory of this being the first horror movie I see in the theater and one that I shouldn't have. I think that makes it a little bit more delicious for me. Like I'm sure my mom, she passed away uh, 12 years ago. I'm sure she was here. She'd probably feel awful about this now and be like, well, I was a terrible Bob or whatever. I love this memory. I, I love 
having gone and seen this movie in the theater and having my pants scared off of me and just uh, it, it was such a, a special memory for me that I, you know, that that would probably horrify her, not the movie, but the thought of me watching it at such a young age. But I, 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 I have trouble separating that out from my feelings about the movie. So I'm, I'm sure during the discussion, I'm going to say things uh, and make declarative uh, things where I say, like, this is the best Friday the 13th, because to me it is. I also should say that I should replace best with favorite. It's it's my favorite of this franchise. Um, and I, I don't want to make it sound like I'm coming across as some sort of like authority on the Friday the 13th franchise. But for me, this is this is the best of all of them. And pivoting off of the discussion that um, El Goro and uh, Terry from Strange Highways had just recently on uh, talk without rhythm, you know, th- th- in most cases, you're often going to find the original to be either the best in the series or the one that, you know, people really go back to. But for me, this is that rare case where I'm not, I like the first Friday the 13th. I, I do enjoy it quite a bit. It's probably in my, my top half of the, the series. I don't know where I'd place it off the top of my head, but, um, it doesn't come in as like, Oh, you know, it's, uh, you know, the best movie in this franchise, uh, which is rare, you know, like Halloween. Like if anybody told me that any other movie in the Halloween franchise is better than the original Halloween, I tell them they're crazy. And I know that Darcy, the male girl from the last drive in, that's her whole bag. She thinks it's even better than the original. I disagree. But in Friday the 13th terms, part four for me is the best of the series. So, uh, I'll just say that up, up front that it's my favorite and I will probably bl- gush and blush uh, about this movie throughout. All right. We're, we're done everybody. Good night. No, um, so <laughs> no, I'm trying to think it's been a little bit. So in terms of films that we've covered in terms of the, the, the series, we've done the original when we did our year of the mm-hmm. knockoff with that and the burning, which don't watch the burning. Um, so um, I'm just not a fan. It, it's gross and weird and not even that good. Uh, we've covered Jason X because goddamn, we wish. Yes, Jason X is that's amazing. <laughs> not a good film, but I love it. Um, and then, oh, I feel like um, Freddy versus Jason. We've covered as well. Yes, um, I know, I know, I know. Um, it's under <laughs> under. Uh, I was gonna say duress, but under you know um, altered states. Um, so somebody took an edible and yeah. didn't think it would be still affecting it. Yeah, whatever. It's fine. It's which fine. podcast? So I'm trying to think, was there any Paul. other ones that we, yeah, <laughs> it was me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I ate, me. I ate a bunch of beer that night. Uh, so, um, is there any other ones that we, are, I'm, are we missing something? <sighs> no, I don't think we are. Um, okay. you know, I, I know that we throw these two around. We always talk about like, Oh, six, which, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that is your favorite. Yeah, it is. It's and my favorite. four being my favorite yeah. one. I'm like, wow, how have we not got to these two movies yeah. uh, in the time that I've been on the show? And um, we can certainly go through the entire series. And we probably well, I, I, just, I was just trying to like put this platform of like, to, sorry, this foundation of like, there's a yeah. lot of ground we've not covered, right? Like I, it gets a little mushy because one, um, I know that you're like, you have three um, pinnacle franchises, right? In terms of like the things that you, you, you dig, which is Halloween, Friday 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street. 
And I know like, correct yeah. me if there's another one in there. I think that's, I mean, that's a lot of people's like they're that's their big three, right? Like I think yeah, that's it, It's my big three as yeah. well. I mean, yeah. you know, outside of that, you know, the next thing that you have to go to, that would be that big for me. And in, in sense of like film horror would be like the universal monsters. Like okay. I, yeah, I, but, I think that's fair. I think a lot of people would line up with that too. So I'm just saying in terms of, it gets for me, like we've been doing the show, like, you know, how many years? So it's, it, it sometimes get a little loosey goosey in my head. I'm like, we've talked about that and we may have tangentially. Right. So when you suggested this, I'm like, yeah, let's do it. Because, um, I, did we talk about five? I, th- I feel like we talked about five. Oh, we too. did talk about five. Yeah. My apologies. Yeah. I don't remember what year the sequel, right. We talked about it as one of the was sequel it during films. year of the sequel. I think okay, so. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it was weird that we talked about the middle Tommy Jarvis film, right? Um, and I think it, I pointed that out at the time. I'm like, oh, it's weird that we're talking about the movie that's between our two favorites. Yeah. So um, the Kissing Cousins. I'm kidding. Um, uh, so so yeah, like I think I think it's fair to, to set up the foundation. Um, I uh, like if, if if I'm remembering the the first like big movie I saw in the theater that scared the pants off me, and I had <laughs> I think I've talked about this before was Gremlins, <laughs> like. I went it, and my mom was mad because she had to sit in the car with me until the movie was over. Cause I think my dad and my younger brother were still watching and I just, my younger brother's two years younger than me and he was fine with the movie. I'm like, I can't handle it. I can't do it. <laughs> Sitting in the car. I was such a wuss, but that movie freaked me out. And even now when I like, I have a hard time watching that movie cause he had that little kid fear. Right. Mm-hmm. Which is what I think you're talking about. That, that, like that, um, that, that, that flash burn of like, Ugh, you know, that's, that was your first visceral reaction to things. Right. But I also remember, um, seeing, um, oh, what was it? I want to say I saw a nightmare four or five in the theater too. So it's like, you know, like you have those, right. There's that taboo, like you're young and you like, and, and you don't have a sense of, um, not taste isn't the right thing, but, um, like you, you, you don't question what you're seeing on the screen. It, it is reality. It's a film yeah. you're watching. It's supposed to be for grownups. It is. This is the film you're watching. And so I think that's what you're talking about a little bit too, right? Cause as a kid, you're like, Oh yeah, I know it's special effects, but you're like, Oh, they didn't mean like that. You know, <laughs> like, like, like it's one of those things that you don't know what you're getting in for. Cause you're a kid. So I can relate to that too. With this being said, I guess the other part we should of the foundation here is that uh, Paramount pretty much thought the series had run its course because it it did well, but Paramount was also this company that was like, can we stop making these? <laughs> like they they never wanted to actually own, they never wanted to actually be like, yeah, we were the Friday Thirteenth company, right? Yeah, that yeah. that that's what's interesting is is that it made them a lot of money. And they were embarrassed by them and they would say like, whatever it is, is the last one. And then they'd be yeah. like, how much did the last one make? Shit. That's still a lot of money. All right. Let's <laughs> like, do one more super high return on investment. And I know part of the trivia, this was like the one that they finally were like, okay, like most of them were independently produced and the distribution we threw Paramount. They kind of like would sign the check, but they wouldn't be actively involved in making the movie because they kind of turned their nose up at it until the money came in. Right. But I know mm-hmm. some of the editing and some of the stuff, they're like, okay, fine, we can make this happen. So this was a series that they kind of thought, um, knowing that this was directly aping and chasing the coattails of Halloween, um, that they thought maybe, maybe it's one of those things where it's like, it's like, I mean, this, forgive me, I'm, I'm, I'm a little out in the weeds right now. It's like, it's like the cryptocurrency thing now where it's like, oh, Oh yeah. Like buy in. It's like, that was a slasher market in the eighties, right? Like everybody come make a slasher. So like, I think Paramount was like, this is going to eventually bottom out. Right. It has to, 
<laughs> you know, like, like we'll make our money, but this can't last forever. And as much as they kind of turn their nose up at the franchise, I'm not saying they were wrong, but they kept betting against Friday the 13th and, um, they kept losing in terms of mm-hmm. they make money, but they would lose the fr- Like they were like, Oh, this one will make money. We're going to call it the final chapter. And it's in the first, it's in the first fourth of the film series now. Right. Like well, it, it, it's like, um, you know, what, uh, uh, paranormal activity kind of became in the yeah. sense that like it was this franchise or, you know, nightmare on Elm street as well. Like nightmare on Elm street is the, you know, they refer to uh new line as the house that Freddie built, which it literally is like, that's what gave, you know, seed to uh, what becomes new line cinema. Anybody else would have been proud to have Friday the 13th numbers in the eighties. But Paramount was very begrudgingly like, yeah, we make those movies and yeah, they make some money. And and then, you know, they didn't want to be known as, as that company. And it's so funny to me that looking back on it, like, you know, they were they they, they felt like they were somehow tainted by having this successful franchise, which today, <laughs> today anybody if, would if, love to have. Yeah, a if the numbers franchise. are there, they'll be like, oh, wait, we're in the horror business now. <laughs> you know, exactly. like, we're going to car ourselves A23, you know, just like whatever, it's fine, you know, like we're lesser than like whatever. It's just they would, my God, they would lean in and be like, oh, you, you like this? What about five more in a connected universe? We're going to learn where the machete came from. You know, like whatever, like, <laughs> you know, like I'm not wrong about that. Right. It's just what it you're feels like. Wrong. Yeah. No, you're like, not. like we're going to, we're going to tell you two prequel stories about what happened before Camp Crystal. Lake. Like just my God, like you just, you could just tell it's like, so it's funny that they felt cause well, the media landscape was different then. Right. Cause Paramount, like they still are a big deal, but it's like one of these things where it's like, Oh, it's all, it just felt like dirty money to them. Right. That's, that's, that's the vibe I get. It's like, oh, yeah, it's successful, but whatever, you know, like, um, it's like, it's almost like, um, what was it? Um, when James Cameron, when he was like doing the first avatar and they're giving pushback to like Fox was giving a pushback. He's like, um, I'm pretty sure Titanic paid for your like billion dollar back lot you just built. So I'm going to do what I'm going to do. And they're like, fair enough. You know, <laughs> like, well, yeah, I'll, I'll also say this, you know, um, this same year they release. Uh, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. And I'm not saying that these are the same movies in any regard, but like they go together in the sense that like if somebody was like, oh, I watched it, you know, Temple of Doom. And then for whatever reason, I decided to watch Friday four. I would not question that in the sense yeah. of like they don't feel like they're that far apart where it's like, oh, one's a German expressionist film and the other one is a silent movie. Like you'd be like, what? Like, it's not like that. It's It's very much like. You know, uh, it just, feels very much in line with the other movies that were being made at the time. And I, it's weird that they were ashamed of it. It just also feels weird to me that like you, like if you even dial back like 20, 30 years before this, where you'd have the major players in Hollywood making their films and they would have their big budget, like, you know, big epic films that they release, but they would also have a certain amount of like, you know, B roll, not what do you call them? Like B side films that they release to the theaters that they're like, you know, these are lesser productions. They are lesser, like, you know, um, money involved. But because the way we structure everything, they're going, it's going to be a return on investment. It's almost like they've forgotten their roots of exploitation or like, you know, like drive-in horror. It's like, calm down. Like Paramount, like, you know, like now it's like once, once the rights issues, which it looks like they're going to like maybe get sussed out. It's like, I, you know, people, because there's this big mind share and the idea of Jason and Friday 13th is so over looming, like 
there's going to be money in them hills again. You know, and I, and I know Paramount doesn't have it anymore. I know it's New Line. I, well, who knows who has it anymore, right? Wouldn't it be great if like Disney just snaps in? Like, you know what? We're going to make a Jason movie. Like, you know? <laughs> well, I, I think um, as far as the, is it Platinum Dunes maybe who has? They did the remake. Yeah. They did the remake. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, sorry, or whatever that, to call that the last film, a remake update, whatever it, it the most yeah. recent Friday 13th film that came out. Yes. And, and what's odd to me is, is that it's just been, you know, 14 years at this point, no 13 years at this point, uh, that we've gone. Cause that's 2009, it's 2022. I can do math. Um, that, that, has and yes, I know that some of it is due to the legal battle between Victor Miller and Sean Cunningham, but I do find it odd that like because that Friday Thirteenth movie, even though I didn't care for it, um, and it's lower on my list of Friday Thirteenth movies, but I will also pivot in here real quick and say that I agree with El Goro. I don't think that there's a quote unquote bad movie within the series in the sense that like I'll watch all of them. Like I don't. I have my favorite, sure, but I, I don't know that there's anything here that feels like, say, for instance, the the Friday Thirteenth, or as much as I love Halloween, it's had it's gone off the rails a couple of That's times. That's fair. So, yeah. um, I I think that Friday Thirteenth is probably the most watchable in terms of quality, um, but it's interesting to me that they they never did a sequel to Part Two. Like, they, if they'd have kept in the same model of like the eighties where like it, within the period of like eight years, you got eight Friday 13th. I'm kind of surprised they didn't go down that road. And, yeah. um, it's kind of shocking to me that we never got a sequel to that, that reboot. Cause of the reboots, reboots that came out from that era, I think that it's one of the more successful ones. That's fair. And I, I will go to bat for it. Like it's not perfect, but there, there is, um, there's a couple kill scenes in that that are very like inventive that I'm just like, Holy crap. Like there's, you know, like I, I'm trying to wedge my way back into talk without rhythm to talk about Jason X. And I, uh, and then part, because I'm signing on for that, cause I will, I will fight for that movie. Cause I love it. Uh, the other, the, the, it's a double bill with that remake. That's, that's the plan for that show. I will need to revisit it. There's a couple kills in that movie that are really sweet. So I need to defend that as well. There's interesting ideas in it. Yeah. I think part of its problem is that it feels very much like a, a slick version. Of that's right. It's trying to cram in I, like four films in one. And what, what, like uh, uh, Steve, so forgive me. I'm uh, I'm going to save the conversation for another day. Uh, whatever. No, yeah. no, 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 I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But my point is that like, so I'm, I know we're all over the place here. It's a little messy. It's a little slashy. It's a little ashy slashy all over the place here. Um, four, uh, Friday 13, four, four. it was supposed to be the end of a series. It was supposed to be the end. Clearly it has legs and, and a torso and a head and a machete. Um, so, but with that being said though, what I always forget about two, three and four is that they take place over like the same, like four days, meaning like the first movie happens and it's like, Oh, that's, that's scary. And it's like, it's like five years later. And then it's like, Oh, Friday 13th, 14th, 15th, 16th, 17th. Like that's a, that that's a bad four days to be a emergency responder or a cop. Like in the area, like everything, well, I, everything breaks loose. I think what's interesting about this film, this was something that I was going to bring up is, is that I think that, uh, this is the only one that directly picks up from its sequel or from its previous, my apologies from its previous film in that. Uh, yeah, there's that five year gap between one and two. There's the, um, the next day for part three, but like they don't pick up with like 
Jenny, Ginny, I always want to say Jenny, Ginny, you know, um, going away with, I think it's Paul, um, in that movie. Uh, we don't even revisit those characters or any, any of that that happened. It's just sort of like, here's a new batch of kids who are on their way. And Mm -hmm. I, I will also point out that I don't feel, I feel like part three doesn't have as many kids like there's literally like a guy who's like a 30 year old stoner that's with them at one point. And one of the camper or one of the people going to crystal Lake is pregnant. So uh, that's weird to me, but um, this literally picks up the, the film begins at the very end of three. And uh, you talked about this briefly earlier about the montage at the beginning of the film. I think that this is one of the best crafted montages Mm -hmm. to start a film that I've ever seen for anything. I agree. Like, yeah, uh, it's so pitch perfect. It gives you great, um, highs from the previous three movies, but it effectively tells you everything you need to know going into this movie. It's, it's literally, it's the preface of any story that you've ever read. Uh, yeah, no, it's, it's great because it's still a campfire tale. It's still a campfire tale. He's telling the story of Jason, and then we get this like boom, 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 like best of from everything else. Like, like I, I was telling you, um, I watched this with my wife, like the wedge between Hocus Pocus two and the monsters, you know, whatever. A little weird. Um, that she told me she's like, do I need to watch the other ones? I'm like, no. And I forgot I forgot about this montage. And it's like, I should have been like, I should remember like, no, it's gonna tell you these movies. It's almost like it's almost like the Rocky films where it's like, we're gonna give you the last 20 minutes of the previous Rocky film before we get to the new one. Right. That's what it felt like. And, and like good, like rightfully so, because also like we didn't have like there wasn't the big VHS thing at this point, right? It was coming, but mm. you wanted to remind the viewer. And I think it works really well. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. And I feel like before we go any further, I just want to uh, do a cast in. in oh, in, yeah. It's been two hours. Please let us know who did what here. Please. Thank you. Yeah. So I just want to, you know, directed by Joe Zito. Um, I, I, we've, we've talked about Joe Zito in the past with uh, Missing in Action Part 2 and I believe Invasion USA. Yes. Um, but uh, an action director, and I think it shows – uh, in this movie, I think that this movie also is very dynamic with its action, uh, so much so that they're like explosions at the beginning of the movie. Um, but we've got uh, Eric Anderson as Rob. We've got Judy Arison as Samantha. We've got Peter Barton as Doug. Kimberly Beck as Trish. Tom Everett as Flashman, Flashlight Man. I don't know who that is. Uh, Corey Feldman as Tommy. Joan Freeman as Mrs. Jarvis, Lisa Freeman as Nurse Morgan. Uh, we've got uh, Crispin Glover as Jimmy. We've got uh, Bonnie Hillman as the Hitchhiker. Uh, Frankie Hill as Laney, and uh, Bruce Mahler as Axel. Uh, I think I'm missing somebody in here, the gentleman who played Teddy. Uh, but that's what I get for looking at IMDb. So, uh, with that in mind, uh, as we go from the main cast into the movie itself, I just want to say one of the pieces of oh, research that I did. Sorry, Lawrence uh, Monson Monoson is listed as yes. Ted, not Teddy, which I think is unfair because you got to you got to give Teddy a kiss. You got to give Teddy a kiss, you know, and you know, give your teddy bear a kiss. Oh, Jesus Come Christ! On. Ugh. All right, yeah. Am I the only one who's turned on? I don't know. Um, <laughs> no. Uh, 
I, I, I want to say in my research for this, one of the things that I did, and I've talked about this, that I uh, came to Joe Bob in the last few years. I do not have a history with Joe Bob Briggs or The Last Drive-In or Monster Vision or uh, the movie channel stuff. Uh, so I, I did not watch back in the day. But I went on YouTube and I'm like, oh, I, I know that he's talked about the Friday 13th movies at one point. And I found a marathon. Somebody had taken all the Joe Bob clips from a Friday 13th marathon for six movies and put them together. It was a marathon that like very much similar to his original marathon that brought him back to Shudder, where it was like a 12 hour, 14 hour marathon. They did the same thing on TNT for Monster Vision. Okay. Um, and somebody had just taken the movies out and just put up all the Joe Bob stuff for Monster Vision. So I'm like, oh, great. I'm going to check this out. And I'm going through it. And I'm having fun. And I'm watching the drive-in totals. And uh, they get to part four. Apparently, for this marathon, they did not have four. So they jumped to five. So there were no drive-in totals. And I, and this is the only time I will do this. I will never try and rip another uh, you know, uh, uh, another person off in the sense of like being a, a media person in, and having their shtick. Uh, I will never do this again until I don't know next week, but, uh, <laughs> I thought it was a, a crime that there were no driving totals for part four. And he probably covered it at another time. And there's probably, they probably exist somewhere. I could not find them. And okay. So uh, let me stop you. I was under like, when you texted me, you're like, I'm, I'm having so much fun with this film. And I thought you were just copying uh, Joe Bob's drive-in totals. I was like, okay, I'll be, I'll be curious to hear them. I did not know that you were making your own. This makes me way more interested. So give me your drive-in totals, please, and thank you. All right. So I will not do an impression because uh, I cannot do a Joe Bob. Uh, so you'll have to accept this as it is. It's a bit long. I did realize that after I got done. I was like, oh, boy, this is, this is a bit long. So these are the drive-in totals for uh, Friday th- the 13th. The final chapter. <clears throat> so we've got 14 deaths, including Jason. One opening credits explosion. Two twin sisters. Three smashed doors. Six breasts. One Super Bowl of self-abuse. One Corey. One game of Zaxxon. One dad fuck. One American virgin. <laughs> one squished banana. One Jarvis sandwich. One golden retriever named Gordon. One song by Lion. One vengeance-seeking brother, one missing mother, one pressed ham, one self-imposed bad haircut, one unmasked Jason, one movie-ending psychotic stare. We've also got machete-foo, hoarding mortician head-turning-foo, groin impalement-foo, corkscrew-foo, meat-cleaver-to-the-face-foo, head-crushing-foo, axe-through-the-door-foo, garden-claw-foo, computer-monitor-to-the-head-foo, live-long-and-prosper-foo, and lastly, but not least, not the final chapter, Foo. Four stars. Steve says, check it out. All right. Well, one, you dropped an F-bomb on me by, like, you know, unannounced, which I, I respect. And also... I was going to tell you, and then I was like, nah. Nah, nah. It has to happen. Uh, and then, like, also, like, like two weeks ago, you both, like, the both of you double-teamed F-bombs on me. didn't know it was coming, <laughs> which was way funny. That was really funny. But I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you one of these. It wasn't especially large. <laughs> But it felt hard, extremely hard. There you go. Um, as long as I live and I have this board, I will not take that hands of steel uh, clip off. So, yeah, 
That was a that was a good that was that was a good countdown. Thank you for your checklist. I appreciate that. Yeah, I, I had a I really had like such a good time writing that, and uh, I know that uh, Joe Bob does it so much better, but I had so much fun with that. So I hope that uh, you guys enjoyed that. And, um, I, I I I bow to the drive-in totals, uh, and I was glad to be able to write him for this movie. No, that was that was solid. So. Um... So yeah, like I, I know this is kind of all over the place is what we do here. I mean, the premise is that you know Jason supposedly dies into three, ends up in a hospital, um, uh, was an orderly and a nurse uh, get a little hanky panky in a room with him. They're already. It's like it gets weird. Also, like the orderly, that was the entire time. Like that guy, like when he was being sleazy, my wife was like, "This guy," and I'm like, "Well, just give it a minute. Just you know, he's not long for the world." But it almost feels like. Their uh, transgressions fuel Jason to wake up again. And he's out and about again. So that's what we find out. He's uh, angry at um, hospital sex and just makes his I, way back out. Sorry, continue. I just also want to point out that that actor um, is uh, his name is Bruce Mahler. And he actually is part of a uh, its own franchise. Not the Friday. I mean, he's obviously part of the Friday 13th franchise. But he was part of another 80s franchise in that he was Fackler in, I think, five Police Academy movies. <laughs> so <laughs> almost uh, the same thing, you know, like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he was also the rabbi on Seinfeld. So um, pretty good run. Like he, he was on yeah. uh, Seinfeld. He was in a Police Academy movie, multiple Police Academy movies and a Friday the 13th. I, I think. I think that's a big bucket of win. If I could do just one of those in my entire life, I would have that's fair. felt successful. I, I also feel like this film feels very like kind of adjacent to like a Halloween two in the sense of like, Oh, we just got this guy that, you know, did all this shit that happened. It's like, you know what? He's, he's dead. It's good enough. You know, you, <laughs> like, <laughs> you know it, it's interesting because I, I do feel like there are mirror images of different points within the, both franchises to each other like for instance yes i the scene that you're describing in halloween 2 with uh bud and i'm blanking on the nurse's name uh the actress is pamela shoop i believe um very much mimics that scene that you're describing with the mortician and the nurse uh where it's like oh you know it's a crazy night and a bunch of dead bodies came into the morgue uh i don't know does that turn you on maybe you should make out um that yeah does that, that is definitely that, from Halloween too. And it's, re- I don't want to say repeated here. I think it's two guys having the same idea, but you know, the other thing that I will say is, is that this ending is echoed in my favorite sequel to Halloween, which is Halloween four in which we are given a very much younger protagonist who is at least from the end of the film, we are led to believe will become the, the future antagonist. So that's fair. There's similarities, you know, between the franchises and how they mimic each other. Um, but you're you're not wrong. I definitely, I definitely got you know the 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 Halloween two vibes. Uh, so how many times do we deal with like uh, uh, indifferent like re- like emergency response people where it's like I'm gonna eat an egg egg like an egg salad sandwich over top of body. You know, like it's just, there's the bit where the, the guy comes in and goes, like, Oh, whatever. Like, I'm eating the sandwich. He's like, Oh, and then he's like, that looks pretty dead, but there's a hot girl over here. And the one guy's like, what are you talking about? He's like, she's dead. He's like, still hot. I'm like, ugh, ugh, no, no, no. <laughs> the, the thing that I'll say about that too is, is that, uh, 
Well, not that part. My apologies. The <laughs> eating a sandwich part. Yeah. Um, I still to this day cannot figure out what he's supposed to be eating. I'm like, it looks like a sandwich, and then it kind of falls apart in a weird place. And I'm like, is he eating like a tuna fish sandwich? Yeah. Like, I'm like, I, I don't understand what I, he's my, eating. Like, my default setting is egg salad sandwich, which is gross. That's why I think that's the <laughs> grossest of sandwiches. So, um, or like, I don't know, man. Like, it's just like, ugh, that's not, it's, you're just putting slime between two pieces of bread. <laughs> you know, you, you, you're already dead inside. And it's like, well, it'd be worse eating the heart of Jason. <laughs> well, we won't get there for another five films. But so. only if that, only if that guy would have put two slices of bread around the heart. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and maybe a little bit of egg salad around it, whatever. Like that's what you got to do anyway. So no, um, so I'm, I'll, I'll put this to you too. So the whole thing with like Jason, like tormenting, um, you know, uh, Camp Crystal Lake, aka Camp Blood. Um, to, with the way this film kind of turns out where we end up meeting the Jarvis family and like, they're like, you look at that cabin now and that, that's where they live. And I'm like, nobody could afford that house anymore. Like it's a beautiful house. And then there's like somehow three feet away is like the other house, but there's yeah. no other houses around in the area, whatever. But, um, is that like on the other side of the lake? I, I like, I watched this. I just, I didn't pick up because I know that there's times where Jason is tormenting the area, but other times where he forgot and ends up in New York. You know what I mean? Like I'm trying to figure out like, like, cause he just seems very like, Oh, is that, do people live there? I got to kill them. That's what it feels so like to me. Yeah. The geography of, of Friday the 13th is definitely something that you could lose your mind trying to figure yeah. out. Like you, you, it, it, it's it's a little like Springfield, The Simpsons, um, <laughs> and I know that people will say that yes, it's definitively in New Jersey, and that's fine. But you know, uh, nobody's getting on a boat to go to New York City from New Jersey. Like that's that's just not a thing that's happening. Um, but what's interesting about that is is that I I don't know if they discovered that house first. Uh, location scouting because that that location was used in a bunch of different projects. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it still actually might be because it's somebody who owns a house. It is an actual house, not a set. It, it may still be at, being used, and I'm unaware of it. Is I guess what I'm trying to say. But director Joe Zito, like they discovered that house, and I don't know if it was that they fell in love with it or what the goal was. But they basically the house that the kids are in that they build across the way they literally make that because okay. he's like, this house is perfect. And I need to build this house literally across from it. And that's he's fine. Like, no. yeah. He's like, we could have done it in a sound stage. We could have done it where it's not literally across from me. He's like, but they literally like built a fake house across no, I, from it. I'm fine with that. So I, I'm asking you is like, cause I know there's also the bit where we meet our cannon fodder of all the, like spoiler for everybody who's not seen this. Um, all the kids that drive to the house, the, the, the Airbnb, there, the rental, none of them make it, which I think is kind of unique because like, we're supposed to like be introduced to like, like these people as possibly like one of them is going to be the final person. None of them make it out. Um, so they also like the hitchhiker thing, which whatever, but then they, they stop for a second while they try to find their bearings and they see like this, uh, graveyard to the right that like all the graves are overgrown. Right. And like hair, like they have Harry, they're all have, they all have, they're, you know, they're all hairy. No, they all have a grass except for Pamela Voorhees one, which is like, it's weirdly like visible. Mm-hmm. 
and everything. It's like, but it's also been like five years plus. And if nobody's tending to that graveyard, you think it would have been overgrown too, but whatever. So if, if you feel like Jason is like, it's almost like, um, you know how like they're like birds migrate and they kind of have like, um, like, a, like a magnet, like in their head to like know where they're going. If it's him being like, I have to go there. This is my, this is my goal. And along the way, he's like, well, there's two houses here and there's water nearby. Good enough. Like I could buy that, but it's never really specified. Well, I, I can't disagree with that detail. And I will say that upon this most recent rewatch for the show, uh, it was something that I was like, you know what? I, I know that it's, this movie is also famed for naming Pamela Pamela. Like there wasn't a mention of her name, I believe before this film. Uh, I don't think it's until they create that gravestone that we know her name's Pamela. She's always referred to as Mrs. Voorhees before that mom of Voorhees or, you know, or mom of Voorhees. (laughs) However you want to look at it. Um, I I did note, I was like, Oh, you know what? I'm like, it clearly looks like something they made for that. And I'm like, that's a really odd burial spot too. Right. Like they stop off of the road and it's like, Oh, it looks like it's, I don't know. it, It could be, a mountain, maybe it's a place where, like, you know, uh, meth heads go to to get high. I don't, I'm not sure. Oh, and there's a gravestone. No, like, like so, like growing up in rural middle of nowhere, every so often you'd find like these like far away like churches with like on the hillside, and they have like, a, like they'd have a graveyard behind them beside them. That makes sense. This was like almost like it was almost like it was there and you'd expect like um, one of those state sign markers to be like, come visit this and maybe like, like this old graveyard or whatever. Like it would like give you the history. It's like that, or like it's somebody's personal hobby. Like I bought a plot of land. I'm just going to bury people. It's fine. Like, it just felt like, <laughs> you know, it was a little weird. I mean, whatever. I'm not, so forgive me. I'm just asking questions about um geolocation of Jason from the hospital to these two houses that it doesn't change my enjoyment of the film one iota. And it's, and and when I say nitpick, I'm it's the smallest lowercase n possible. Like, forgive me. Like, I know this is your favorite of the franchise, but if it, but if you say that logic is one of the mainstays of the series, we know that's not true. Consistency is kind of weirdly is like, which we talked about, like you say, there's not a bad film in the franchise. Like I'm, I might have my druthers. However, in terms of consistencies this far along versus like the big three, we talked about of, uh, you know, Friday 13th nightmare on Elm street. And, um, uh, you know, the other one, which is uh, shit. The other one that you like, um, Halloween, right? Um, those, the other one you like, sorry, sorry. I think that's how we should refer to it. Sorry. The other one, Steve, like, no, no, let me, let me, let me, let me reshuffle Halloween, Friday 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street, the, the, those vary in quality greatly. And and I will agree that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And the, with this, it's like somehow, like, I don't know why the Friday, Friday 13th franchise is like, is the one that's like, oh, where we leave him dead? We could bring him back. Let's just do it. Like, okay, cool, cool, cool. Let's just move on. <laughs> like, it's just somehow, like, like we talk about going from six to seven. It's like, oh, he's at the bottom of the lake. Yeah. But what about mind powers? You know, like, just. <laughs> Which I, I really like seven in mm. uh I I like that end battle. I have fun with it. Yeah. And you know, maybe maybe if this was twenty, twenty-five years ago and you know, um guy who thinks he knows way too much about movies, Steve shows up, mm-hmm. uh I I might have a different take, but you know 
uh, the way that I look at Friday the 13th is, is like, it's all candy. You know, some of it is candy you really like, and some of it's like, oh, it's not my favorite candy, but it's still candy, so I'm going to eat it. You know, yeah. like, even Friday Nine, which I, I I think was probably my least favorite of the series for a very long time. And I don't know where it falls for me now, but, like, the, the older I get, the more I'm like, you know what, I appreciate them taking chances with that movie. There's choices in there that I don't understand, but I'm like, God, you know, I really admire them taking a, you know, a chance and trying to do something different. So, you know, I guess for me, it's like, you know, it, it's, it's getting a, a 12 pack of donuts and they're all different donuts. You know, maybe not every donut's going to be the best one, but, uh, and this okay. is how I rate. This is really literally, this is how I should have a review system set up. I don't know why I never thought of this before. <laughs> It's like Steve gives it four jelly donuts, and you're no, like, "Well, no. is that good?" And you're like, "I don't know." He gave nine glazed donuts to his other movie. What does that mean? Um, Thirteen thumbs up. Like, what's a yeah. <laughs> no, so what's a so okay? So if you get a twelve pack of assorted donuts, uh, what are the ones that you're leaving till the end? Like, what's the what are the ones that you're you know you're like, nah. I don't like jelly donuts. Oddly enough, that's the earlier. Like I I just mentioned that, but like. Jelly donuts are okay, but like it's a texture that I'm not expecting in a donut. Like I don't like something wet in the middle of my donut. We'll put it that way. You're expecting a hole, but there's something else. Yeah, yeah. you know, I mean, <laughs> the the top is always going to be, you know, oh. anything chocolate glazed or uh, you know, chocolate chocolatey is probably going to be my first go to. Um, after that, you know, you get into your like your your. Crellers, which I like, your bear claws, sure, which I know some people consider a donut, some people don't. Um, but yeah, jelly donuts, anything that's fruity is probably going to go towards the end, which should tell you way more about me than you probably need to know. But like, <laughs> that, yeah, it's, 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 I don't like that you're getting fruit in the middle of it. I'm eating it last. I don't like that you're getting weirdly political about donuts. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> no, so. Oh. I'm, if, I'm, <laughs> if you didn't want to talk about cheese for an hour, uh, I'm bringing the uh, donut talk. <laughs> no, for me, like I'm okay. I can, I can give or take a jelly donut. Sometimes like, I just, I'm not a big powder donut guy. And I feel like there's sometimes oh. the power jelly donuts. I'm not a big guy. I'm not a big fan of that. Yeah. I, I love them. The only, the only downside to, uh, you know, those donuts is just like, they're messy and, yeah. and looking no, down it looks, and seeing it looks like nothing you, but powder shirt. Yeah, it looks like he gave it. a blowjob to a ghost. I'm not like I'm not for that. Um, <laughs> I mean, I don't have anything against that. <laughs> People can blow all the ghosts you want. Um, <laughs> I'm just like, what happened? Is like, well, I don't know. Like they passed over the other side and on my face. You know, like just um, like that, and like like the, there's the there's the cinnamon covered ones that I'm okay with, but like the powder ones, I'm not like that. Like, it, give me like the the the, the chocolate donuts you're talking about, chocolate like the chocolate with the frosting and the like, you know, all that. That's good. Um, I'm 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 a fan of a good cake donut, just a plain cake donut. I think those are pretty good too. Yeah. Um. So, uh, so how do you feel about Friday Four? Is it um <laughs> donut wise? Like, give me give me your donut rating for Friday Four. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's a it's a full box of chocolate donuts. It's, All right. it's the thing that you're like, oh, I shouldn't eat twelve chocolate donuts, but I love cho- twelve chocolate donuts, so I'm gonna do it. Um, and look, and again, 
I'm not comparing this, you know, I'm not telling anybody that this is like one of the best pieces of cinema ever committed to the scene to the to the screen or uh, I'm certainly not trying to tell anybody that it's the best horror sequel. But for me, the place that this lives and I we haven't gotten into this yet. Like let me tell you, Please. you know, the things that I enjoy about this movie. To me, and again, I can't separate out the nostalgia for it, but this is the scariest Jason is in any of the movies for me personally. And I know that because it was my first Friday the 13th, and it was the first one I saw in the theater. That's probably why I get that. That's why, but I think Ted white who plays Jason in this movie, who was a, um, stunt actor for a lot of his career and, uh, worked with, uh, oddly enough, Eastwood a lot. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if you looked into Ted Wood, but, or yeah. Ted white, but interesting guy, interesting career. Uh, there's a physicality that he brings to Jason. That is, in part three, he's 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 sort of becoming the Jason that we know. Part four, I think, solidifies it, and then I think the next version of that people grapple onto is the part seven Kane Hodder version. For me, you know, I I prefer the Ted White version. Doesn't mean that I don't think Kane Hodder's not amazing in the role, but like the same thing where I was saying like with like oh Spider Man, I McParland's Spider Man is my Spider Man. Ted White's Jason is my Jason, but I also really like Kane Hodder. I really like uh, Ken Kersinger, who did uh, Jason in uh, Freddy versus Jason, mm-hmm. or Derek Mears, who uh, plays him in the 2009 film. Like, I-, I can appreciate all of them, but like for me, this is Jason. This is there's a dirtiness to him, there's a ugliness to him, but a physicality to him that's different than Kane's. Like I. I I was talking, well, you were part of the chat. I don't know why I was going to say it this way. Uh, <laughs> between myself, Terry, El Goro, and you, um, I mentioned there's there's a shot of this movie where Jason comes through the door, and it's one of my favorite shots of Jason because he comes through the door like it's nothing. But, like, he doesn't seem to flinch. Like, there's nothing that tells you that he's not, like, a force of nature yes. at that moment. Um, God, do I love that. Um I also love uh, kind of the dirtiness of him where he's got like really long, you know, ugly fingernails, yeah. but like, it's not like, Oh, he's like overdone with the makeup. And I guess that's something else that we can talk about with like Tom Savini returning to this film. You know, I, I love the consistency of it being a adult version of the character that Tom Savini created with Ari Learman. Lehman, my apologies to Ari, person whose last name I can't say correctly, um, from the original Friday, um, that he was like, you know what, let's, what's that design going to look like? And it really looking like somebody made an adult version of that makeup um, and carrying through that idea. So for me, this is what Jason looks like. So let me ask you this about like, that we've talked about, like in terms of Michael Myers, like what we've known of, like it will vary, but there's a weird, like artistry to the things he does. When we get to this house, the Airbnb, which I made the joke on a social media that it should have been called boobs and boobs and blood or boobs and boners. My God, this is the, well, F I house. would have stayed there if it's, I was in high school. Oh, Hell yeah. It's the F house. It's so full of effing. 
you know, it's just like, oh, like the one girl, she's like, I'm so timid. And then they like, they, they hang out for a second. She's like, we should go upstairs. It's like, well, that, that solved itself pretty quickly. Like there was a lot of that. Even before that, there was like, Hey everybody, we should go all go skinny dipping. And then the one girl who was like the one that was like trying to like, you know, not be involved. Like we were watching it. Like I was watching with my wife and there's the, the girl, I forget her name, but like, cause there was like, you know, 10 of them that all ended up getting killed, but she was the one that was sitting on the dock and like journaling. And then her mm-hmm. friend's like, oh, I'm going to hold my breath until you get in the water. I'm like, well, one of you's going to lose. So calm down. But then the, her friend's like, oh, no, you're under the water. You're under the water. And then she gets drug into the water. My wife's like, friendship over. I'm like, or a new level of it. You know? But, like, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there was just so, it, like, it was horny house. Like, it, it felt like Revenge of the Nerds, but all the nerds won. Like, in a weird way. Like, it was so, like, I get it. Like, it was front and center. Like, and Crispin Glover's character, like, just, he's a, like, him and Teddy, like, like all of them are jerks. Don't get me wrong, but it's like, if I made the comment about incels, but it's like, that, that's kind of the whole thing. Like they both felt owed. That's what I'm saying. Like when I made that joke earlier, they both felt entitled to what they, what they wanted. Um, and it's like, we watched this in the eighties and we don't think twice about it. Cause it's like, guys will be guys watching it. Now you're like, Holy shit. None of these people are right in the head. You know, the least of the problems is a maniac going around killing them. I guess, you know, for me, and uh, I I totally get your argument, and that makes sense. There is part of me that probably does view this movie very much like, and, and I don't know if other people have the same thing where you, you're, you you're you know, way past the age of any of the characters in this movie, but like. Except for Ted White as Jason. Except for, yeah, probably Ted White. Because <laughs> I think he was in his 50s when he did this. So, yeah. so Steve, feel good. We're not Jason age yet. But like for me, like I still look at them in in like a like, oh, that's not so much what an adult looks like, but in the sense of like, you know, I, I am able to separate myself. You know, the, the points that you made were absolutely valid and something that if this were not a film that I had some sort of attachment to, I probably would no, have it, considered. It, it, and it's, it's it's through the lens of like Porky's or Revenge of the Nerds. It's, it's the sex comedy tropes that we just didn't even think twice about at the time, you know? Right. But I, yeah. I, I guess if you're asking me, which is more of, uh, 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 offensible, if that's even a word or offensive, yeah. offensible, offensive. I mean, somebody going around murdering me. people is way worse. Give me that's that's the bigger crime. I get it, but no, my, I mean know. honestly, I think Revenge of the Nerds, even though that's supposed to be the comedy, is way more offensive at this point. That's fair too, but like Teddy, um, Teddy's at, a, at he, this point, Teddy wants to be rapes anybody. Well, Teddy wants then, to. Teddy wants to date rape everybody. He wants to. He wants to, but he's not painted as the good guy. Oh no, no, he's for not sure. the hero. No. So I would say that, like, yeah, I'm not. Look, I'm not trying to raise one to lower the other, or vice versa, because I screwed that that phrase up. But like, <laughs> honestly, if if you're telling me that, like, you know, which one has a better portrayal, at least, like. Like with with Crispin Glover's character, he's the nerdy guy who, you know, he wants to have sex, but he's also very, you know, caring and and awkward and much more realistic than. And I look, I don't. This is not me taking shots at Robert Carradine because I think that, you know, that character and that era of Revenge of the Nerds, like that's. It's iconic in a lot of ways, some good, some bad, but like 
that's a caricature, whereas like Crispin Glover's character felt real to me. Well, okay, fair um, enough. So can I give you the counterpoint of that? No, oh. you you can, but I, mm, I, okay, I, keep talking until I'm angry enough. Keep talking, keep talking. All right, sorry. Go ahead, please. Yes, <laughs> uh, I'm not or trying to excuse it, <laughs> but I I think that Revenge of the Nerds paints it in a way that is supposed to be um, encouraged, whereas I don't feel like that's the case here. No, and Re- Revenge of the Nerds, there's a lot of revenge involved of like take like oh you guys always shit on us and we're gonna do like we're gonna do this right. Fair enough. What I'm saying is with Christmas Glover's character of like, oh, I made it with this girl. And then she's like, I'll be right back. Don't move. He goes downstairs literally with her panties. He's like, hey, Teddy, check this out. That that removes any like th- like they're the same person. They're both like scorn points, you know, and it's like that's that's gross. You know, like you like it's just one of those things where it's like, yeah, he's awkward and doesn't know how to dance right or whatever. Like, you know, we'll talk about that in a second. It's like. But the fact that he like throws the panties to Ted Teddy, which by the way, Teddy found like the stag film and everything he's watching is not funny, but he's laughing. I don't like that. I don't agree with that at all. That's none of that's funny, you know, but him just like being supposedly high and laughing and everything. It's like, yeah, you see black and white, um, you know, boobies. That's fun for a minute. That stag film runs for seven hours. That's uh, but anyway, but I'm just saying Crispin lovers, Crispin, Crispin lover. That's what he was. Crispin lover. What's a minute. Um, his character, like he, he boiled it down to the same thing that it was all about who could score first over the weekend. Cause he felt like he See, was being, I, 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 I come at it from a completely different way. I, I'm not saying that you're wrong. I'm just saying that like the way that I see that is, is I see it as a F you. I'm the one who got the girl. And yeah, is it gross that it's her panties that he uses to, to push that point across absolutely not yeah, going to argue but that the, 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 does that but make them either one less more ob- like objectifying of women like let me put this in my computer steve outlook says yes i'm putting it in my computer i'm typing it right now in the back of my hatchback i'm just typing Look, in my computer i'm not going to defend it <laughs> i will say that <laughs> it's not surprising to me to see this in the context of an 80 movie no, 80s no, movie. You're, you're, right. you're asking me yes. which one is worse I'm still going to go with Revenge of the Nerds, yes. and I I love that movie well, as well. No, that's like, a full it's, on it's, rape. That's a full on rape, and the, yeah. um, the with him wearing the Vader mask and everything. You're right. You're, right. You're completely right about that. I agree with you on that. Um, that film has not aged well. Uh, what I'm, I guess what I'm just saying is like I don't think anybody in the F house in the, in the you know the um, the F shack there comes away clean. No pun intended in terms of like what they're doing. It's just like, I like that the twins are like, we live nearby. I guess we're going to hang out now. Like, it's just so, I don't know. Like, it's like, could you, could you stack up a more appropriate location? That's a single file. locate, Like a singular, singular location for Jason to be like, you know what? Oh goodness. It's almost like, um, um, how do, how do I describe it? It's like you go to the seafood restaurant and you're like that lobster, I will eat it. That is his lobster pit. He's like, I want them all. They're right here. And including a dog, um, which by the way, um, what was the name of the dog in this film? Gordon, which, um, revisiting, listening, talking about, uh, Friday 13th part one and two, what was the name of the dog they talked about? And what was it? The second film? Oh, you're going to get me on Friday. Gordon. I think, I think the names, the names of the dog were Gordon both times, which I think, yeah, which I thought that was weird. I don't know if that was a, that would happen a lot, but also I thought that also, um, how, how, um, 
that house we talked about being like built for the movie. Did any of them expect the windows? Like all the windows are very much compromised in that house because everybody well, throws himself out, the even including the dog. Actual location, the Jarvis house. Like you know, uh, that's another great moment in this movie is when Rob Dyer's body gets thrown through it. Like it's impactful. It 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 has force to it. It feels very much like a. Uh, I don't want to say a wrestling move because it's not a wrestling move, but a, a, yeah. a it, it's if, if Jason is outside showboating. <laughs> no, that's a, that's that a good moment. Like window. basically like he, the, whatever this is, it's going to take the damage. But me, I get that. I'm saying the other house that, you know, the F shack, um, there was at least three to four different times where people jumped out a window or broke a window, including a dog that we never le- learned what happened to Gordon, the dog. I'm hoping he's okay. But that is my theory. I feel like Gordon looked at this and he was like, screw these people. I'm getting the hell out of here. Yeah. Like uh, in my mind, Gordon jumps away to safety. Um, so that's that's where I fall on that very important issue. But um, I want to go back real quick uh, to, to r- the character of Rob. Yes. Rob is interesting in that he's uh, he's written as somebody who is up there to avenge his sister who. I think as a character in the second movie, and I could be wrong, maybe it's the third movie, but he's he's there to try and like hunt Jason down. I love that. I love that piece of this movie. I love the fact that he's a big burly dude. And I love that he, he's not given like bravado in the sense of like, oh, he's the tough guy who's gonna quake in front of Jason, but like he's the guy who he's trying to do something good. Um and his death scene is in shadow. You can't see it, but all you can hear is him telling um, Kimberly to run. I'm sorry. It's not her. her the actress's name is Kimberly. My apologies. Um, Tommy's sister. Just had, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yep. Tommy's sister to run. He's telling her to run. Um, and all he's yelling at the same time though is, is like run. He's killing me. Oh my God. He's killing me. And it's so effective. I think for, you know, an almost bloodless kill. And there's a couple of bloodless kills in this movie that I think are great that I don't think we get in other Friday 13th movies where sometimes excess is the goal. Um, and maybe there are kills that they have to cut down. But I, I love the fact that there's literally this scene of him just like being in the basement and Jason coming out of nowhere and grabbing him and just starts hitting him with a garden uh, tool. Mm-hmm. And he's just yelling, like, get out, get out. He's killing me. Oh, my God. Get out. He's killing me. Yeah. Which that's I, I was, so effective. I was and reading about something you typically yeah. see in a lot of. 80s slasher horror. That's films. fair. I was reading about his performance, and he actually uh, was so like, like he he was trying to um, bring to mind the the, the uh, Kitty Genovese murder that happened in the 60s, where she got stabbed repeatedly and kept getting visited over and over again by the same person, and it was like um, in this like apartment complex, like in a courtyard in New York, and nobody responded. So, Ooh. which if you look it up, like the you, there's a lot. <laughs> There's a lot to that to unpack because it's terrible. It's one of those moments where like the world, like the, the country had to put like a mirror to their face of like, cause when the police asked everybody what was going on, they always assumed that somebody else would call the police and nobody yeah. did. And she got like accosted over and over again, over the course of like a long time. If anybody would have stepped in, she would have been like, she probably would have made it. 
So with him, mm-hmm. he was trying to be like, he's killing me. Meaning like he was calling out, like the, the actor said he was like literally like summoning like that memory, which, yeah. you know, that that's fair. Like in terms of calling out that, like you see what's going on, get out or like you can't provide help, get out. And I think that's an important thing to mention. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think that it's effective and not something that we saw in a lot of these yes. movies at the time. And I, just because I love them all, you know, I, I can still say that like, I love that this movie went to these types of places. I love the fact that the, you know, there's the, the shot of the one twin who's outside leaving on her bike, you mm-hmm. know, and you see the shadow and then all you see is her getting like, yeah, it's, that's a good, that's up. a good, yeah, that's a, that's a good shot. It's I so effective. I wish we would have gotten more of him like tracking Jason a little bit, which I guess there was some of that, like they cut because it's like, when we realize his motivation of like, yeah, my sister died because this, this son of a bitch, like I wish we'd have gotten a little bit more of that because then I think that would have informed, uh, the Jarvis, uh, like sister and brother a little bit more, a little bit yeah. more. Right. That's all. That's like minor, minor thing. Yeah. I, I just, I love that. I mean, it, I'm going to make a lot of comparisons to this film to another fourth in the franchise and that Halloween four, there's a scene in Halloween four, where Loomis comes across a crazy old prospector type who's a uh, who's a, a a priest who is hunting evil, and I love that scene. I love that scene so much. Uh, um, I like that idea of there being these other characters who are on the periphery of our main story mm-hmm. that are hunting the evil, or in this case, hunting Jason. Um, and I think that it it adds to the story because. Um, he's the guy that you look at and you're like, Oh, well he's a big dude and he's equipped. Like if anybody's going to take Jason on, it's going to be him. No, he's, he's killed not quickly, but in a pretty awful way. I, um, I do like that. His rifle just gets like broken and like torn up. And like, like Jason goes into the tent to just mess up the rifle and that's it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought that was funny because later on, like there's that, there's that fake out where, um, where she's waiting in the tent and like, you know, you get him, uh, you know, like the, the hero being like, what's going on. It's like, and then like your rifle's broken. He's like, Oh, Jason's been here. I'm like, well, no shit. Like, you know, like, I don't know. I thought that it was like, I just like there were there, what you're saying there is great. And I like that anchoring because it especially ties three and four together in a lot of ways too, of like, Hey, there's going to be repercussions for your actions in terms of like, there's cut, there's people coming for you because they know you're out there and you're still killing. That's a really cool idea. I just wish, I wish they would have given a little bit more legs. That's all. Yeah. And I mean, I guess they kind of do that a little bit in the remake with, um, Oh, um, it's one of the supernatural guys and I am blanking out his name right now, but he's, he's going after his sister, um, at Camp Crystal Lake as well in the 2009 movie. Mm. So there's a little bit of that as well that they play with. But so, like, so I know we're going along. Uh, welcome to the show, everybody. Um, I know, I know this is something that also will burn in with you with uh, Tommy Jarvis because I want to guess when you watch this, this was your kindred spirit. So I think that's something that resonates with you pretty well. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the young kid who, uh, I mean, if, if Corey Feldman's not my age, he's either a year younger or a year older or, you know, right within that age range. I'm like, yeah, I'm totally, I'm not, I'm not making masks. Don't get me wrong. Um, by the way, 
uh, most talented kid at making masks ever um, in this movie uh, because they're all Tom Savini masks that uh, are on screen. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, wow, he's really talented for 10 years old. But yeah, <laughs> I, I'm totally that kid who uh, is playing Zaxxon and uh, wants to eat pizza for dinner. But um, I love I love the whole bit when we first meet him. He has that weird mask on. He has a hat on his mask. And yeah. his mom's like, oh, like basically she just dismisses it because she knows how weird he is, but she loves him. That's a really fun grounding moment of like, nobody's scared of your weird mask. Nobody's weird. Nobody's scared of your weird, um, like what was it? Uh, Tatooine. Um, what, do you, what do you call them? Like the, when you go to the bar with like the boop, 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 doo, 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 doo. Like The like, cantina? Yeah. He looks like one of those cantina guys. In the band. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I couldn't remember the name of the no, cantina. Okay. So I, I put the music out there, you know. went to describe it. But it looks like one of the cantina guys, right? It looks like one of them. Like, you know, like, not that far off. Probably not. I'm misremembering it, but whatever. It is what it is. It's not that far off. But yes, I know what you mean. Yes. So anyway, but- yeah, speaking to Tommy and his 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 own world that nobody else seems to understand. But I, I do think that, you know, maybe that is a piece of the reason that I enjoy both this and Halloween four, which will come four years later after this film, you know, the grounding of it with like an actual kid being in danger. You know, I, I, I do think that that certainly for me, um, being in that age range and yes, uh, in 1988, when part four comes out for Halloween, I'm older than Jamie's character, but I'm still a kid, you know, it's, it's an interesting grounding character for particularly people. I think my age who are watching these films at the time, because you didn't see this very often. Um, and I, you know, I, I was going to say, I don't know that we see this today, but the black phone is completely through this perspective of two young kids. So, um, uh, have you watched Black Phone? I don't want to go off on the No, I've not. Here, I've not yet. I need to. I, I, just, I would yeah. make a recommendation for that movie. I really enjoyed it. And um, I think just putting kids in peril automatically pushes your ability to push the horror even further. Because um, when there's kids in jeopardy, you're like, well, they're not going to kill the kid. You know, that kind of thing. And. Uh, if you're Robert Rodriguez making Planet Terror and it's your son playing the character, of course you kill the kid. Um, <laughs> but I, I do think that that helps, you know, and, and there's certainly a piece of me that's like, oh, yeah, you know, I wasn't I wasn't Tommy Jarvis at like, you know, that level of making masks or anything like that. But I was definitely the kid who was interested in those same types of things. So how do you, how do you feel still like, I know you're, you're enamored with this film, rightfully so it's, it's, it's a fun film. Um, and it's, it's actually like a pretty, pretty good capper too. Cause also this is Jason at his most like unhinged, like you've escalated him. Like now it's like, it's like you like, Oh, now he has a mask. And now he's just going to just like tear ass through F house or whatever. Like he, it's like, it's almost like, it's almost like the juggernaut. Like, I'm going to keep getting worse until you stop me. That's the vibe I get. Right. So how do you feel about Tommy Jarvis kind of pulling, pulling something out of the playbook of like the second film of where you had your main character, like putting on like the sweater of his mom to distract him. It's like, it's almost, it's almost the same playbook. How do you feel about that? It is. And I don't, well, I, so when I first watched this, I certainly did not have that context to be able to use, 
for uh, comparison. So I, it wasn't like I could go, oh, yeah, well, he's pulling from part two. And I, I, I don't know that I would have ever really thought of it in those terms, you know, wholly without, you know, years and years of watching these movies. But um, it, it's... It's interesting that this movie is borrowing from an earlier film, but like I, I'll admit, I'm still like I don't understand what his plan was. <laughs> yeah, right? I, I don't know. <laughs> it, it works. Like I don't, I don't not buy it, but I'm also like, what was your train of thought here? How did you get here? I'm gonna buy three seconds. That's it. You know. Yeah, I, you know, and uh, don't get me wrong, I I love that moment of the mask coming off the, the, the machete going through the face and then Tommy just being so horrified that you just see him going to town. Oh, on the it's body. effective. It's very effective. You're it's right. Very yeah. effective. But I don't know how he got there. I, I, I know that they show us him looking at the artist rendering and him somehow making a connection to this young boy, his age that would have drowned. But I don't know why that that plan, you know, at least with Ginny, she's grabbing things and and she actually in the second one, she talks about, I think, uh, I don't want to say so much the psychology, but the mental ability of that person, should that person still be alive? Like they kind of build that into Ginny's character um, and she's playing it by ear when she grabs the sweater and puts it on it, too. Um it makes way more sense than it does here. I don't know again, how Tommy gets to that, but it works. (laughs) I just, my only question about is like, like it only took you like 20 minutes to shave your entire head. And it's like super clean. Like I, um, you know, like, I don't know. That seems like a lot of work (laughs) You know, just in terms of time frame. I'm like, you only had that long and you got it perfect on the first try. I don't know about that. Like, I know, I know I'm being, I'm being a silly Billy here, but it's like, it's one of those things I'm like, ah, that's really a fast turnaround. Like, but whatever, like you're already all the way in. You have a, you have the supernatural human that can bust through any locked door and windows don't count. You know, like I also like it earlier whenever um, they go into uh, Tommy's bedroom and they pull the, the, the bookshelf partially over. I'm like, that's not going to help you. Why would you only do it partially? Right. And then Jason breaks through the door and just like shoves over the bookcase. You're like, well, where'd you think? How'd you think that was going to end up? You know, like there's a lot of that where it's like, like you didn't think this through, which I understand people were panicking. I get that. But it's like, like, um, as as a series that was four films in that um, when you get to the end of the first film, they really didn't think there was going to be anything else other than that. Um, It actually had a lot of legs going this far in. So I understand why this is your favorite of the series. I do. Cause it feels like um, for the first arc that we know of Jason, this is like, like this is the crystallized form, right? Like the unstoppable force. Right. And I think, I think that's why I think you appreciate that because it was like, it took four films for us to get him to be like, we have no idea what's going on in his head and, um, you can't kill him. Like the only way, like the only way to kill him is to like, I don't know, um, like repeatedly stop him, but maybe not who knows. Right. Like, like he, he fell off a, what was it, a, a barn and did he fall into like a thresher or something? I don't even remember what happens in the third film. He had an ax to the head and they fell down. 
Yeah, I think the Thresher that you're thinking of is in part five. Maybe. And that's Roy. There's a lot of there's a lot of barn things that happen that I get confused. So yeah, a lot of a lot of barn happenings. But also, can we speak to? I was talking about the artistic kills. How Jason made it a point to um, put bodies up at every possible doorway in the F house. Like that's some that seems weird and purposeful. We don't we don't like, we don't get to that. I, I love it whenever uh, the older sister is like, "I gotta get out of here! I gotta get out of here!" It's like, "Oh, there's a guy that's a spiked up against the door." It's like you know you can just go under him. It's fine. Right. It's, it's like a, it's like a double dare challenge. Just go. No, you're going to break a window and get out. It'd be way easier if you just go under him. Jason was, Jason was all about the presentation. It was almost like, um, like he was being judged on like, um, like master chef for like, Oh, you killed all these bodies. Great. Where'd you put them? Okay. So I'm not saying that there's a <laughs> scene in the Saturday slasher that, Involves somebody being hung in a doorway, very much like Crispin Clover is. Yes. Uh, but that may be how the current issue ends. Um, also, spoilers. Uh, I, I'm kidding. <laughs> I love, well, only spoilers if you haven't bought it, guys. Um, but um, the oh. thing that I would say about uh, the Crispin Glover thing, I love that, like, Jason's almost mad that she didn't try and go under it. Like, he he when he he's he's not gonna go out the window he's still gonna go out the door and he just tosses Kristen glover off like yes yeah the way he's like i spiked this guy up done right yeah crispin glover whatever gotta get him out of here he's just mad about it but so yeah i just i just i i don't think i've ever seen correct me if i'm wrong the entire series of like a just this is like the most like isolated not isolated is not the right word um con- condensed concentrated like murder pool for Jason like you know it's like oh you guys are coming to this Airbnb oh you, you have a five stars I got information for you oh there's twins showing up like like a Miller Light was it Miller what was it a uh, Bud Light and twins they just show up without explanation um it is like the the like it is a smorgasbord of murder for Jason in this particular situation. I was not expecting you to stop at Sorry. smorgasbord of me- of, of murder. My apologies. So, um, <laughs> I sometimes try to mute myself guys so that I'm not interrupting Paul. Um, well, but, cause I'm uh, a bull in a China shop. I apologize. No, no, not, not at all. I just, I, I also don't want people to hear this while you're talking underneath. <sighs> that's me that's no. me that's what i usually do i'm always but, like uh, <sighs> <laughs> you know that's what happens you know i think the other thing to keep in mind is is that outside of the remake this is the the last version of jason that's super na- that's not supernatural you yes. know because five it's it's roy the ambulance driver Six, it's Frank and Jason and that he's resurrected by a lightning bolt, but he's kind of half of a zombie, I guess, is the best way of putting it. Seven, he's full zombie. You know, the, the Kane Hodder, Carl Beekler design of that Jason is very iconic. Um, but, you know, going forward from that point, like he's never the Friday. He's never the Jason that he is in part four ever again. Um, and... Not that it's more realistic. I don't mean to make it sound like, oh, well, he was a real guy. But, like, it's the last time that we see him as a resurrected 
you know, child who drowned. Yes. Uh, from that point on, he's a supernatural force. He's he's much more like if you ask me to describe the shape, you know, uh, with Michael Myers, like, uh, you know, I get that, like, it's a guy in a Halloween mask, but it's supposed to be something more like I feel like Jason after this point becomes something more uh, something other than a, a human being who is running around murdering people. No, I agree with that. But yeah, there, there's a tangible like, like, can, can he just like, it's just. There's a physicality that you mentioned that I, I dig a, a great deal. And then like, I, like him busting through doors, like exploding doors. Like, you know, he's like, I've been to Ikea. I don't care. It's breaking doors down, which, um, to, before we start recording, I was, um, waiting for overwatch to the load shakes fist. <laughs> I decided to start going through and I was just watching, um, YouTube and I watched, um, the Friday 13th, the game on his trailer and they kept talking about like how doors don't hold Jason and you'd see him in various like forms, just breaking through doors, like not breaking through, like arriving. And that's yeah. how I feel about him in this, when this part four, it's like, it's like this door isn't breaking. It's just, it's just, um, it's like choosing to not exist anymore. You know, <laughs> like, cause it is like, yeah. Cause you talk about that moment where he explodes the door. It's like he has a superhero pose where he's like, all right, now what? Right? Like you almost expect like like Superman to break through, but it's like, oh, it's Superman, but he's a bad guy and he doesn't talk and he has a knife. <laughs> you know, like it's just it's I, like, yeah. I also kind of love that he's he's kind of mad. Yes. No, he's point. pissed. Like, he is pissed. Yeah, like how dare you lock this door? Right? <laughs> but it's also very Kool-Aid man. It's very much yeah. like Oh yeah. 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 Like, yeah. <laughs> Who's going to die tonight? Oh, you, you know, like, whatever. No, it's so good. It's like, it's one of those things. It's like, it makes no goddamn sense, but it's like sometimes being amazing and cool overpowers everything else. Right. Like, like I just, I, I like it. It's like, this, this is an unstoppable force. And then like, we talk about him becoming other later. This is him. Like, it's almost like, it's almost like he took like some self-help courses and became self-actualized. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I can become the best Jason I am. He's <laughs> giving himself <laughs> affirmations like yeah. Stuart Smalley. Yeah. Like, yeah. He's like, you know, and, and damn it, people, people hate me and damn it, people fear <laughs> me, you know? Cause it's like, he also gets creative too. Like we talk about Crispin Glover and like, we didn't even talk about it. Like, so, okay. Shout out real quick. I was talking about talking to Steve about this four star recording. Crispin Glover does a dance that is um, something to behold in the film. Um, supposedly, so the music that's playing the, during the dance is a lion song, which uh, spoilers, it's going to show up here at the end of the episode that Steve was like, you should play this. I'm like, yes, I was already of the same mind because we're friends, but um, it's a fun song. But the way he dances is like, it's almost like um, Mike Myers doing sprockets. It's like, I'm Dieter and it's sprockets. We're going to dance now. It's a weird expressionistic dance that he does that like, it's like, I almost want to see, can I, can I get a TikTok of Matt Smith doing the Crispin Glover dance from Friday four? That would be amazing. Right. I feel like that would be a great thing to see as it's, his character from, uh, yeah, um, be, game of Thrones. From, yeah. Being Prince Damon. That'd be great. I would love it. Right. That'd be great. He could, like, actually don't even play the song. Can we get somebody on a lute playing a cover of it? That'd be better. Um, right. <laughs> and some drums, you know, like that would be, I love the fact that you brought up the lute. 
Right? I don't know that that many people bring up the lute as their musical instrument of choice. But, but you know I what I mean? That. Like that would be a lot of fun to actually do like a lion cover of that with Matt, with with Matt Smith. I need this now. But when I like when I was posting, I was watching this for the show. Uh, Al Gore was like, "Oh, oh, the original soundtrack for this." And he posted a video of Crispin Glover dancing to ACDC's "Back in Black," and I was like, "Huh, that's funny." And then I did my research and found out that was actually played on set. And I'm like, oh, well, that wasn't a joke. He was just, he was just telling me something I didn't know. You, <laughs> you knowledgeable, magnificent son of a bitch. Like it was one of those things. It took four to five days for the like. It wasn't a joke, but it took me long enough to read the trivia to be like, oh shit, he wasn't joking. <laughs> like, like so, Christ. I just so. I will say, I'll, I'll tell you, tell you this, Steve, when, we're, when I was watching the movie with my wife, like after the one guy's like, nah, this music's too much. And he puts on like, um, like, like a, like, um, like a, like, I don't know, like a, a jazzy type of tune. Yeah. And then I looked, dance. Yeah, I looked at my wife and I started doing the same exaggerations, kind of like Crispin Glover. That's like, I was hoping he would do the same dance to like the slow dance music and he didn't do it. Come on, come on, McFly. <laughs> you had one chance. Well, that's, that's one of the things that I like about his, his his character here is that like he's somehow more freed by doing the terrible dance moves that he has. But when he's asked to have like an intimate like slow dance with a woman, he's almost like, "What are you doing? Like you're screwing up my vibe." Like <laughs> he's so yeah. naive. I just I just wish it. that they would have done that. But he'd also been like just doing like the hand knives, like the. Whoo! Foo, foo. You know, like that would have been like, I, I understand that like we're like many years past this, but I've been like, they're like, calm down. She likes you. And he's like, no, 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 no. Hand knives. I got to get this in. I got to get, I got to get my sweet, my sweet karate moves in here or whatever. Hand right? knives. Like, that, how should you describe that? It's like, it's just, that's what it looks like. Just it's hand knives. No, I, I get that. Um, you know, as, as we wrap this up here, I will, you know, say that, uh, um, I don't know. I really like that lion song and the fact that it's fun. Uh, yeah. You know, um, they would then the, the next year redo the Transformers theme for the movie. I apparently am a closet lion fan and I've just not realized it because I will go to bat and I will fight people about the Transformers, the movie soundtrack. I think it's one of the best 80s soundtracks that's out there. I, I, I will Come agree with me. you. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Um, I love that yeah. soundtrack so much. Yeah. So, um, I guess the, the thing that I realized upon this most recent watch is, is that I am a, a closet um, Lion fan um, and didn't realize it. Or um, I should say closet. I was unaware of what a Lion fan I really am because I start thinking about it, I'm like, yeah, I'm like between this and the Transformers remix and and uh, um, oh god, um, the other big song off of that. Um, I can't believe I'm blanking on it, but they did two songs on the Transformer soundtrack. Uh, so I guess that takes away my. Yeah, I was, just saying, no, I, was, I was about to say Stan Bush. That's not the same thing because I know he did. Uh, you got the touch. yeah. He did the he did the yeah. You the got power. the touch. Yeah. Uh, but there's another Transformer song on there by Lion, and I'm blanking on it. So I apologize. This is where I just shoot myself in the foot, guys. I get stuck on one mic. You just you detail. just you just take a wine uh, corkscrew and just shove it in your foot, right? That's I do. What happens. But so. oh, and that's okay. So let me hit upon that. I love the kills in this movie. Like, I actually think that the way that they're edited together, um, and I know that every person who's made a, a Friday Thirteenth 
has talked about like their movie being cut or kills being cut. I think that these are perfectly cut. You don't need more of the Crispin Glover death scene. Like you don't need more of him getting the core screw to the hand and then the, the meat cleaver to the face. Cause it's maybe, I don't know, two, three seconds mm-hmm. of screen time, but it's perfect. Yeah. It's, I think if you lingered on it, it would lose its effect. And I feel like that's the same thing for this entire movie. Like every kill is perfect. And the only one that you really do linger on is them kicking the shit out of Jason and hitting him with a machete. <laughs> that's fair. No, all of it works. And it's like, I, I also think that like my favorite, like just is just with, with the Jason head slowly sliding down the machete. Cause of like, Oh, that has to hurt on so many levels. All your brain's gone. Like just, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's just, yeah. Um, but yeah, Crispin Glover, like I, I, I will. Okay. Talking about misremembering things. Um, I, I, you know, I bought the, um, there was the, um, I don't, I don't have the same big box set that you have, but, um, I have the one that's uh one through eight. The, the, mm-hmm. the, the, I think it's like the Paramount stuff. Right. I've watched a lot of these like somewhat recently in the last couple of years. I just, I misremembered. I thought Crispin Glover got the, the wine screw, like the corkscrew in the eye. So I kept expecting mm. that to happen. Well, because like you get a corkscrew. And it's like, it's eye shape. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, no, I, I yeah. totally get that. For whatever reason, I, that's what I thought that was going to happen. And then it, I'm not saying I was disappointed by what occurred. Um, you know, but also like Teddy, um, you know, like he kept humping in that teddy bear, but like how, like the whole, there, there's some kind of commentary there where the stag film gets cut and he's like, Oh, what's going on? It's like, Oh, you're done with all like the nudity. Oh, I'm going to kill you now. Like, I don't know if that was a, if it was a comment, but that felt like, oh, we're done with like, you know, like the sex comedy now. Everybody dies. I thought it was it's, appropriate. It's interesting that actor talks about on, uh, I think it's in both documentaries. There's a couple of great documentaries out there. Uh, one of them is, um, it's a two part uh, uh, documentary on the entire Friday the 13th franchise. Um, that I believe is just called his name was Jason. Um, and then I may be mixing them up. So my apologies, but uh, that's neither here nor there. That, that actor though was like, Oh, my character's supposed to be stoned when he gets killed. Like, that's interesting. I've never tried that as an actor. He's like, what if I get stoned? And then he's like, it was a really bad idea. Cause I'm a super paranoid, uh, you know, uh, stoner. So he's like, it was a, it was not a great idea at all. But I, I, I think that that does add not him getting stoned, but I think that like, I don't know, none of the kids in this movie don't feel real to me. And I think that that's another thing that helps or hurts these movies. You know, I genuinely believe that the, the six kids who go up there that are friends, uh, and yes, they're all going to the bang house or the <laughs> love Island, however you want to describe it. Uh, the F shack. That's what I call it, the F shack. They I all think. feel real to me and they all seem genuinely like they're, they're friends. Like I think we all in high school had weird friend groups and like, I don't know. I, there's something about them that feels more real to me than some of the other films. Oh no, no, you're absolutely right. Like they're all, they're all like, you know, high school, 
older, a little bit like freshman in college, like horny AF. I get it. It's like, and seeing them be like, we're going to go rent a cabin. I love the idea that uh, was it, um, uh, like, uh, Jarvis, the, the, the mom, the mom Jarvis was like, oh, they, they've rented the cab. I'm like, they, they're like, they just moved in. I'm like, they're not moving in for like, like six months. You know what's going on, right? <laughs> like it's a weekend and you're going to be like, what, why is that? Like, why is that place full of beer cans and regret? You know, that was <laughs> <where they came. laughs> it's like they didn't move in. They were, the, that's why I called it. Like, that's why I was joking when I referred to it as Airbnb, like, uh, you know, uh, boners and, and boobs. Like, that's what it felt like, you know? <laughs> yeah. And I, I guess I got off tangent there, uh, or off topic. Um, I guess I was trying to applaud that actor because I think that, um, everybody is good in their roles, uh, and, even though he's supposed to be the slimy shithead friend, he's still good at doing it. Oh, so. for sure. For sure. So, all right. I know we've went on a long time. Uh, Christ. I thank you for suggesting this. I know I'd watched it recently, like somewhat recently, the last couple of years. Um, you say this is your favorite. I can see why this is your favorite. Um, I also like, it's, it's funny because it's like, it, it, it's, it, it's interesting to me that like, you and I have a lot of aligned tastes, but, mm-hmm. but but where our favorites are vary. And I think that's fascinating, right? Because it's like um, when it comes to Friday 13th, like we don't have the same favorite. That, like fair enough, right? But when it comes to like Carpenter films, we don't have the same favorite. Doesn't mean we don't yeah. appreciate everything else, but we all, you know, but we like what we like. Star Wars is very divided too, right? And like um, yeah. Halloween stuff, like, you know. I will acquiesce to you. Like I'm, I don't have much skin in the game, but like there's other things that maybe like I have, I have things maybe I prefer more than you, but not strongly. But I, I, I think it's great that there's a lot that bring us together, but the fact that there is enough that we can have spirited discussion about why something works for you more than me. I, I appreciate that. Yeah. And it, you know, going back to the whole franchise as a whole, uh, which I guess that's a weird sentence, the whole franchise as a whole, but I, I keep echoing the sentiments of El Goro in my head where it's like, you know, I'm not going to, if I came over to somebody's house or if I came home and my wife was just watching, say, you know, part eight, I'd be like, what are you watching? And she'd be like, Friday the 13th, part eight. I'd be like, okay, cool. I'd sit down. Like there's, yeah. I, I would probably do that with all the movies of this series where I'd be just be like, all right, I, I'm willing to jump in and, uh, you know, revisit or experience whatever it is that those movies offer. Um, but I, you know, it is interesting. You know, I, I, I used to think in my head that two and four were the favorites, but I think that there are a lot of people out there. Um, and from listening to, talk without rhythm you know i don't know if it's maybe i don't want to say an age difference because it's not it's not like it's that drastic of an age difference but i think both el goro and terry agree with you is like part six um being the one that they really enjoy and i know that that's your wheelhouse as well i i i don't know it's i think if you were rating franchises you know maybe this series has the strongest entries, but like I, I certainly wouldn't stop watching any of them and, you know, should things work out and I'm still able to go next weekend to 12 hours of terror, you know, a movie that is in the Friday 13th franchise that I don't enjoy as much as others, Jason X, 
I can't wait to watch that with an audience because I know it's just going to be bonkers, off the wall, crazy fun. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if this isn't your favorite piece of candy in the bucket this Halloween, guys, <laughs> completely understand. For me, it's it's my Snickers bar, which is probably my favorite candy, um, or my Reese's cup. Uh, <laughs> I mean, fun size or like full bar? That's what I got to ask. Well, full bar. Okay. Obviously. All yeah. right. So um, I, I know it was meandering and all over the place. Welcome to the show. I do I, apologize, guys. I, I, you, I, I feel it's not like you. I, it's I, me. I, I was the I, I was. I kind no, of. Yeah. I, 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 and I, I'm going to interrupt. I do feel like I get excited about these shows. We did our year of Carpenter Halloween episode this earlier this year. And it's like, I don't know that we discussed it because all I wanted to talk about the things that I love. And I, that's certainly not the best review, you know, in the sense of, uh, you know, if you're looking for something more factual or more to the point about the, the going is ons and makings of the film and its effect on cinema history, you know, there are probably other hot podcasts that do that better because I, I just get so excited about talking about these movies. I just want to have fun and, and talk about the things I love about the movie. So um, I apologize that that doesn't always no. make for the most no, 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 informative. No. Can, can I, can I, I say, can I say anything real quick? I, so Christ, it's not where we're at, where we're at. No, I could tell that like, not that I'm not, I'm not saying that you're not like fully on board for whatever we do, you know, on our, our little, little boat here as the invasion of the podcast, you kept texting me like, I'm having fun with this. Can you use this clip and this clip? I could tell like it made me very, very happy because I know that you've had uh, like, you know, like a rough road recently for you to be texting me. Like, can we do all this and all this? I'm like, oh, it's it's Christmas for Steve. Let's just have a good time with this. You know, like, and I'm not, that's not a negative. Like, like I was, I was, your excitement made me excited. Does that make sense? Like I was, I was, I was like, oh shit, this is going to be a lot of fun. And we had a lot of fun. And if people want critical conversation about a film, that's like what, um, like 30 years old or whatever, like fine. Like I'm sure there's other people that are more well-spoken than we are. Okay, great. Get into, get into like the, the nooks and crannies of what makes this Jason movie different than the others. Like, like maybe we're not there, but the enthusiasm, right. And I know I ribbed you, but that's what we do here, right? Like we gotta we gotta push each other because it's it's not fun if we don't like give each other shit, right? Like sure. Yeah, that's all. Like this the enthusiasm will always trump um like like um tactic like uh not tactical. That's that sounds like we have guns and we're gonna use them. No. But like that, like that, like you could you could overthink something and overlearn about something and make it very dry and like oh this is this is the very much what we're doing here and here's information 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 great what'd you think about the movie um i've this entire time i know that you've enjoyed this and i like the film and it's come through for your discussion i hope other people pick up on that because if they don't then I don't, I don't know what to say. Like it's, it's, it's a Friday 13th film film where a guy in a mask goes around, kills a bunch of people, but like we can love it and talk about why we love it. So I think we did a good job of that. Yeah. Again, I, I realized that, you know, we're, we're not, we're not doing a three hour episode on Lawrence of Arabia or something else. You know, so far, I, I, mean, I just spent a very long time, uh, <laughs> talking about the virtues yeah. of Friday 13th part four. No, and, I, <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm well aware that there's a dissonance between those. But Fair enough. But tonight I was just like, we're not going to go three hours. I'm going to make it a point to not go three hours. We're yeah. over three hours. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Anyway. It's my fault. No, it's not your fault. It's our fault. Uh, we share it. it. It's our baby. It's our it's our <laughs> malformed baby that became a man and got attacked by uh, Corey Feldman. <laughs> Right? That's fair. I, I, just, <laughs> I keep thinking I keep thinking, you know, my wife's words in my head. You know, I I, I think I mentioned something yes. along the lines of, you know, <laughs> of how long our episodes go. And she was like, I don't know, that's a really long time to ask people to listen to you two talk. I'm like, Yeah, it, it is probably is. it is. But at the same time, like I get to spend, you know, one night a week bullshitting with my friend and recording it. I, I that to me is worth more than a lot of listeners. But if you guys are listening, <laughs> I like I like that you're like listeners. Screw yourselves. We get to talk on a microphone. No, I'm kidding. Well, no, oh, I no. mean I, I'm saying that I know that we have a very small base of people who listen. Yes. If you guys enjoy it, please share it with other people. Yes. But also at the same time, like I, I, I uh, yeah, I understand it's I a marathon. To, it's a marathon, not a sprint. As entertaining as possible, but you guys are well aware that I will often delve into. Um, I'm, I'm selfish. I'm a selfish lover on the podcast. <laughs> what can I say? <laughs> no, no, I, I like, and I appreciate it too. Cause I know we're, we're divided, uh, by distance and, um, political views. That's not, that's not, that's not true. Um, but, uh, no, like, no, it's just, it's, it's fun to have a good conversation as it's been described by some people. <clears throat> Al Goro, uh, we keep, we keep name dropping him. Like he's like the celebrity that's like Instagram <laughs> famous or something. I don't know. Maybe he is. I don't know. Um, so can I say something yes, real quick, please, <laughs> please. What the hell? Why not? Why not? Um, so I, I listened to El Goro before meeting him, and I was obviously introduced to him through you, but like you were like, hey, man, I'm on the show. You should really check it out. I don't remember what the context was, but you are the one who introduced me to El Goro. And uh, I remember the first time I heard him, I was like, oh, that's a, that's a made-up voice. That's not a real voice or whatever. <laughs> and then, like, I don't, know, I don't know how long it was after that I actually met him. And I was like, oh, that's a real voice. And I'm like, <laughs> I had a moment where I literally said to myself, I was like, is that what a man sounds like? Oh, shit. That's what I should sound like. That's what a guy sounds like. Um, so he is both the representative of, of what a, a masculine voice should sound like to me, but also the thing where like, well, no guy sounds like that. Like oh. nobody has that deep of a voice and it talks that eloquently. Um no, but I, he is kind of a celebrity in our little world. So. That's true. But I'm, I keep hoping for the day that I can get him and uh, a friend of the show and also sometimes co-host Richard together on a single episode because they, they, they would be like eloquent, bassy voices that I think would just blow our pants off. I think. Oh, yeah. Be- <laughs> I, got to, I got a little bit of that, not this past in the wasteland, obviously, because it wasn't there, but the one previous, you had to leave. Yeah, so it was yeah. me. Richard and El Goro in a hotel room sitting around bullshitting. And those two, those two totally could do a show together. Yeah. You're like, are you guys going to make this official? Just kiss. It's fine. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> we were in a hotel room. I could have just been yeah. like, go on, you two. Go on. <laughs> and you're like, I'm just going to wear this, uh, this mask and just be over in the corner. Um, <laughs> it's fine. Just ignore me. No, I don't the safe care. words, Fidelio. Just remember that. <laughs> 
Anyway, all right. So uh, Friday Four, your favorite film. Um, this episode got weird. It always does. I think, and we haven't gotten to the game yet. We haven't gotten to the 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 quiz for like yeah. yet. So uh, Friday Four, highly recommended. Um, I'd also say like if if like don't just watch it like by itself. Watch other Friday like like as much as I like I've watched it with my wife. I've shown her other Friday Thirteenth movies. And, um, she's like, I think I've seen this before. I'm like, have you? And there's some doubt about it. Cause I think of the Corey Feldman appearance. Cause I think I showed her six and she's like, oh yeah. And I'm like, no, you've not seen this. So whatever. Yeah. Watch the Friday series. Just run through it. It's a lot of fun. You're like we'll get to the rest of them eventually, but you could do worse in your Halloween. Like it's, it's a weirdly consistent series based upon its own rules, which isn't, um, that's not always a given, especially as as long in the tooth as the series is. Yeah, I, I tend to now. I know this is a realization that I just made because of its age. You know, this is you know the fifties uh, era movies where you know my parents might have been like, "Here, sit and watch this," because it was important to me thirty years ago. Like, it's probably that with kids, you know, young kids these days, like. You know, if you guys are looking for just a fun night of uh, or a couple of nights of watching ridiculous movies, you could do a lot worse than the Friday the 13th movies. Yeah. So. All right. So I'm sure we'll, we'll talk about more later because we like we need to because there's a lot of fun to be had here and a lot yeah. of um, a lot of not as good, which I know you say that uh, you, there's a motorcycle driving away from my bad take <laughs> here right now. <laughs> Uh, I don't Did care. Uber Eats just show up. No, I don't. I don't. It's so frustrating because I had a window open a little bit because it's still. It's like it's now fall officially, but it's like it's one of those things that like part of my house because the sun's coming in it was still warm tonight. So I'm like I'm gonna open the window, and yeah. then every every dirt bike on the street like it's like the Bronx Warriors is tearing ass around Cleveland. Like at least at least I'm not living where I'm at like where I was before where there was like every ambulance and fire truck running around but every so often you're it's like okay great I don't know what's going on but probably not the right vehicle type for the city you know <laughs> like you know <laughs> like the gasoline's been high but not that high you know like I don't need some road warrior shit going on outside my house but anyway so no check out the Friday 13th series uh, we'll talk about more I'm sure check out talk without rhythm uh the El Goro is doing his uh catching all the other Friday 13 films that he's not covered previously in other episodes. Uh, go check out um, the episode that uh, Terry did with him recently for one and two. Uh, he's covering next week. He's covering three and seven, which will come out after this episode. And then he's going to get into um, eight and nine. I think after that, um, yeah, uh, New York and uh, Jason goes to hell. And then I'm kind of wedged. I'm trying to wedge myself in for Jason X and the remake. But yeah, he's doing that. Check out his 31 Days of Halloween. Um, I need to get to that. I love his 31 Days of Halloween. It's like, do you talk? Steve talks about candy. Did you want like 20, 30 minute episodes about films that you've never seen, but somebody who is well-spoken and has a manly voice talking about films? Check that out. Why am I, primp like, we should talk about our stuff too, but you know, his, his stuff's way better and he does a lot more. does a lot well, more. Yeah. That's not a bad comparison. It literally is like if you were doing trick or treat every day, you yes. know, you'd get a different piece of candy. Oh, yes. And, uh, I think that's great. You know, I, I, I don't know why he wanted to come on two shows in a row <laughs> and talk 
for like seven hours with no, us. No, I like, like, I I like that when people are like, you're, so. getting, you're getting paid to do this? He's like, no, it's just a good conversation. I'm like, thank Christ, because we can't afford them. Like, it's fine. No, 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 no. Um, no, but like, the, I love, I love like stockpiling a couple episodes and then like, like doing yard work or like cooking and just like, like breaking through, like, or, or like, you know, playing a video game, like playing World of Warcraft, just listening. Like, like I, I just, I always love the 31 days of Halloween. Like it's all, it's a lot of fun. People should check it out. Uh, his efforts should not go unnoticed. It's, and he's a crazy man for doing it. So check that out. It's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. I get tired just thinking about it. Right. We do an episode a week Yeah, and I'm like, Like, well, I got to do four episodes this month. No, like I I just, I feel bad that we're like almost three and a half hours now. Christ. It's like, I'm like, yeah, go listen to somebody else for a bit. You know, good enough. So, all right. uh, Check us out on Facebook, Invasion of the Podcast, wherever you get your podcast, rate and review us. If you want to email us directly, it's invadingpodcast at gmail.com. And Steve, where can people find you? Kind of, sort of, but not really. Yeah, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram under the Saturday Night Slasher. You can go to our website, which is the Um, I'm not going to mention the Etsy store because I haven't reopened it. Uh, but uh, if you're at all remotely interested in my comic or the things that I do, please visit the website. Uh, and you can always shoot me an email if you have questions. Uh, the Saturday Night Slasher at gmail.com. All right. So um, that, that's going to do it for our discussion about Friday 13th Part 4. Um, let's just get to this Halloween game? Question mark. Time to play the game. Time to play the game. <laughs> All right, before we get to the game here, uh, some breaking news. I sent an image to Steve in a, uh, a group chat that we have. Uh, you should check it out, Steve. It's in uh, a group chat with some people that we know. Um, it wasn't just three um, Halloween buckets that are being released. There are nine. What? Yeah. Go check out the image of what's being released. There's three different uh, faces for each of the buckets. Okay. I'm not chasing down all nine. So, I, so I you're going to chase down all 18. So nine for keeping <laughs> and nine for having out there. Right. So as long as I get one of each, I'll be okay. okay. I say that now, but yeah, you're right. In, uh, you know, a week and a half from now, two weeks, I'll I'll probably be like, oh, I gotta get the third one. <laughs> You're like, listen, they don't hold they don't hold all the different flavors of monster cereal. Like, I got it done. Oh, I saw that. I'm just like, son of a bitch. Like that. Like that's that. It's not only like McDonald's be like, hey, remember nostalgia? Yeah, we want your money. Buy buy our um over you know over baked fries or whatever. Like like. I understand McDonald's food is like not good for you and garbage, but my gosh, like I still need nuggets every so often. And I think I've told you my secret uh, breakfast food that I'll order every so often, which is a bacon, egg and cheese biscuit. I got to get, I got to get a hash brown and put it on there and put a little bit of um, the mild picante and smash it together. It's so good. It's so good. (laughs) It has no right being so good. I mean, honestly, uh, and I don't want to t- turn this into breakfast talk three hours plus in, but, you know, I I still, the hotcakes and sausage hits me to the right place every Fair time. Enough. I will, 
Like I, I don't know. I'm I'm 48, and it tasted it tastes as good as it did when I was like yeah. five. No, as I, I, I do at 40, 48. <laughs> so like so now I, I shouldn't do it, but I'll get the 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 two uh, breakfast burrito meal with the sa- with the ha- sash brown, the hash brown, and then I'll order a bacon egg and cheese biscuit, biscuit separate, so I can get some of that like that that picante sauce and just put it on there. It's just so good. I don't know. Anyway, so so yeah, here's to you getting uh, 18 different buckets. Um, that you feel better about. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, since we're we're on the subject of nostalgia and taking a trip back to the nineties, uh, tonight's game uh, was born out of me being bored. Not, not so much bored, but I, I, I don't know why. My go-to used to be like the movies that I love and uh commentaries maybe that i've just you know at this point i'm like well i've listened to them all and seen them all uh but my go-to anymore when i'm like oh i need to put something on the background is good is youtube and i'll go to youtube and look for things um just put on and i came across one because youtube you know the algorithm obviously knows me it suggested a hollow weekend 1990s playlist and it was like four hours of Fox kids Halloween episodes from the 1990s. It appears in doing my research for this, I realized that like it may have been cobbled together because I felt like some of it was from 1994 and some of it appeared to be from 1998. Maybe I'm completely wrong on that, but it's uh, a smattering of Halloween, Halloween Fox kids shows that I, put on and I, I don't have any particular nostalgia for that era, but it was like something to put on the background and then it drew me in and I started having fun with it. So, um, as I was had it on in the background, as I started to get drawn into it, I was like, I know what I'll do. I'll make this the quiz for this week's episode. Uh, and, and poor listeners, poor listeners. I will say, uh, to your relief, um, there's only eight questions because I couldn't do ten. <laughs> so, like, like, there's times where I'm trying to struggle. I'm like, can I get to ten? I'm like, I don't know if I'm gonna get to ten. Like, you know, for making <laughs> things here. So, yeah, okay. So there's eight questions that I've devised from me watching a YouTube video of nineties content. I like Fox that kids. you, you subjugated yourself to four hours of content. You're like, I don't know if this is enough here. And we're, <laughs> we're about to go to almost four hours of content here. So yeah. content air quotes continue. If please. somebody wants to put together a quiz based on the show, um, I would be happy to play that game. <laughs> I, yeah. Heaven forbid. Anyway, continue, please. Yes. <laughs> All right. So, uh, so the first question here is, is, uh, now, keep in mind that this is from the episodes that are shown from an era. I'm going to narrow down between 1994 and 1998 because both dates come up during the episode or during the, the mm-hmm. video playlist. So um, a very specific time frame for you to keep in mind. But which one of these shows was not part of the Fox Kids Hollow Weekend lineup? Is it A, the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers? B, Bobby's World. E, uh, e. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, C, Eek the Cat. I saw the, the capital E at the front That's of Eek the, the Cat. Fair enough. And I yes. read E. Um, or D, is it Jackie Chan Adventures? Which one of these was not part? Jackie Chan Adventures. That's true. That was yes. a CW show back in the day when it was the WB still. So it wasn't even CW at the time. So... 
Uh, good call there. Um, I like that you so said yeah. this was what ninety four ninety eight. So like yeah. to 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 put me in my so two years in high school and two years in college is where you're putting me at there. So um, I will say though that at the time uh, one of my my, my roommate um, would wake up and turn on the TV. He would watch uh, what was it RoboCop the cartoon. And, like, nice. And, but the thing is, is like. Like you know, it was like we had a dorm room together. We had like the bunk beds and shit, right? And he'd wake up so early, like because he had like I don't know. He'd just wake up and watch cartoons, and I'm just like, I just want to sleep. He's like, but RoboCop. I'm like, you don't need to watch RoboCop the cartoon, you know. So yes, I kind of want to revisit RoboCop the cartoon at some point. It was so. that, and then also that show Cops. Do you remember the, oh, the cartoon yeah. show Cops? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, cops was an acronym too, and I don't remember what it's. Yeah, it for, was uh, yeah, cops OPS cybernetic. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. cops OPS. No, <laughs> <laughs> All right, so there were three shows that I mentioned here that were part of it: Mighty Mo from Power Rangers, Bobby's World, and Eat Cat. You can expect probably questions about them coming up. So the next question here: uh, What was the name of the Bobby's World Halloween episode? Was it A, Night of the Living Pumpkin, B, Bobby's Shalloween, C, A World Without Halloween, or D, Children Shouldn't Play With Dead Things? (laughs) Oh, I like that one. I'm going to say A because it's the dumbest one. So, yes. (laughs) Yeah, Night of the Living Pumpkin was the episode, and it was all about him being too young to trick or treat and his uncle and him building like a haunted house that all the kids came to. Yeah. I, I just, I channeled my inner Hallie Mandel. That's where I landed at. So, which is like clever, but not so. Yes. So I'm going to, I'll expand upon that. in a uh, like, I think uh, another two questions. So, uh, hold that thought. Um, <laughs> so I mentioned mighty Morphin power Rangers earlier. Um, there was an episode that was titled trick or treat that, uh, played during this time and, uh, involved, uh, the pink ranger, Kimberly, um, as, as everyone knew the hot one, I don't know what that means. Um, but, uh, she was the one that like guys in college were like, Hey, check out that pink ranger. She's pretty cute. Um, but, uh, uh, I'm She's sorry. A, can, can you tell me that you, you, you skipped over whether or not you responded to that statement. You just skipped right over. I was like, I'm a green Ranger guys. Uh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> okay. Um, good, good, good. Yes. He plays a mean flute. If you know what I mean? Yes. Um, or loot. Uh, but, uh, uh, in that episode, she's on a, uh, she's, she goes on like a game show and it's called trick or treat. And she's going up against skull. Who's, one of the two comedy relief characters, yeah. Bulk and Skull. And uh, during that episode, Rita Repulsa, I, I hate that I know this much about uh, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, but apparently in college, I somehow was still watching this. Um, but uh, she, uh, she creates a monster for them to fight, as they do every week on that show, or every day on that show, depending upon when you were watching it. Um, so you tell me which was the Halloween monster of the week that she created. So was it a, the wrestling, witch? is it B the break dancing mummy? Is it C the farting Frankenstein or D the rapping pumpkin? Oh, what was the first two again? 
Uh, farting Frankenstein. No, the first two. Farting Frankenstein. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well played, sir. The wrestling witch. The wrestling witch and break dancing mummy. Oh, I think it's I think it's two or four. Um, as much as I wanted to be farting Frankenstein, which may, that might be, that, that might be a subtitle for the Rob Zombie, uh, monsters movie. Um, like, anyway. there, there are a lot of fart jokes, I think. No, I don't know. I just, not uh, really, but, um, I just feel like it, you know, there's a bunch of farting about, I'll say that, um, uh, the break dancing mummy. Oh, well, it, it, you, you're wrong. I was going to say you're close, but. It was the wrapping pumpkin. Oh, I six and a half or like, was it six and a half of one over half dozen other, whatever. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so the next episode was uh, the next thing I'm going to talk about. My apologies. The next question uh, for me was the jewel of the, the, the things that I re- I discovered during this rewatch or watch, if you will. I'm sure I've encountered life with Louie at one point before that. But I was generally taken aback by how funny the actual Life with Louis show was and the fact that it was not quite kitty down in a lot of ways. And we'll get to my point with my question, but Life with Louis uh, over Bobby's World, which Bobby's World, I get it. It was a couple of years within the age range where I think that Bobby's World is for like the really young kids and mm-hmm. then Life with Louis is maybe for the kids who are, you know, mid mid middle school not middle school sorry like fourth to like sixth grade but um i was really impressed with life the louis episode that i watched but the 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 halloween episode um the premise of it is is while they're shopping louis ends up stealing candy because his mom tells him he can't have candy all throughout the month of halloween or of month of halloween the, the month of october until halloween so he's not allowed to have it he ends up stealing a piece of candy um, at one point he's trying to return the candy, um, and he's discovered by the owner of the can of the, the store. And, uh, the owner says to him this question, the, the owner asks him this question, um, to Louie as he's trying to return the candy he's stolen. The store owner says, if I stuck my pants, I'm sorry, if I stuck my hands in your pockets, Louie, what would I find again? For our viewers at home, I apologize. I will reread that because I'm I'm three sheets to the wind. If I stuck my hands in your pockets, Louie, what would I find? And which one of these is the actual response that Louie gives? And I'll read them off to you. So I'm going to do an impression here, guys. So, you know, save this for, for, for future reference. This is me doing Louie Anderson as a child, I guess. Um or the life with Louis impression, and it's terrible. So, uh, is it A? Uh, the question: If I stuck my hands in your pockets, Louis, what would I find? Did he say A? Circus peanuts. I swear. <laughs> is it? <laughs> <laughs> is it? Is it B? <laughs> Nothing but lint and embarrassment. Uh, is it C, a lawsuit, or D, fat rolls, sir? Fat rolls. <laughs> oh no! Uh, oh no! Your uh, your your Louis Anderson is not great. Um, so I appreciate that. Oh, uh, 
What was the first two without uh without impression? <laughs> uh, circus peanuts, I swear. Nothing but lint and embarrassment. A lawsuit or fat rolls, sir. Fat rolls. I'm gonna go with B. Nothing but lint and yeah. embarrassment. Yes. That's a good one. That's that's the writer and me picking an answer. It was actually a lawsuit, and I was oh, like, "Wow, that's pretty." Funny. That that seems kind of on the on the nose. I appreciate. Yeah, that. Yes. yeah. I I was really impressed with the writing on Life of Louis. Almost to the point where I'm like maybe you should go back and check out some episodes of Life of Louis. Um, their Halloween episode was really well done. Um, so keeping with that theme, um, Louis's brother on the show is named Tommy. Tommy is actually voiced by an actor named Miko Hughes. Miko was also in a, a installment of a famous horror franchise. So which one was it? Was he in was Miko Hughes in a Ghoulies B nightmare on Elm street C and not the specific films. I should say one of them. The in franchise. The franchise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Texas Chainsaw Massacre or D puppet master. Oh, I, I just <laughs> You you you've upset me because A and D are not famous franchises. They're like, you know, <laughs> like they're known amongst us, amongst you know our people. So that that upsets the the oh my goodness. Um, you said ghoulies. Nobody mentions ghoulies. Um, I'm gonna say Papa Master because uh, all roads go through um, like full moon. <laughs> it's not critters. It's not Critters' life, my sir. I didn't say Critters. I said, I said Puppet I Master. Yeah, Critters is life. All roads go through Critters, but everything shows up in a Charles Band production. So, <laughs> no, um, he's he's in uh, um, a new nightmare. Um, he plays uh, um, Nancy's son in that uh, other okay. Langenkamp son. Well, that, that's so. fair. I just I you gave me two mainstream and two not at all mainstream, so it was a coin toss. Between yeah, the two, it's because so. I'm terrible at these quizzes. So no, 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 I, no, no. You, uh, I'm the one that's terrible at guessing. So, uh, yes, I'm not even keeping score. I don't know. I'm going to say you got them all right. Sure. No, I got one so far. Continue, please. Yes. All right. So uh, during this time, uh, this four hours, and I, I will say <laughs> this too, um, YouTube breaks in with commercials, and at points I forgot that I was watching like. Cause like commercials from 1990, cause it's, it's literally the entire blocks. It's not yeah. them cutting anything out. So there'd be commercials in there and I'm like, Oh, that's weird. This commercial here seems very modern. And then I realized that YouTube had broken in to show me an ad and I'm yeah. like, Oh, uh, I, recently I was at, um, I was recording, um, an episode with the Terry strange highways. who did that in the 1972 film asylum. And I have the Blu-ray downstairs, but I was like watching it upstairs and, you know, I started watching on Freevee, which is like the Amazon Prime kind of thing that not Prime, but Amazon has movies on Freevee. And the times that they would break in with commercials were very uh, inappropriate to jump scares. So like, you'd be like, oh, they're turning their face and it's a Taco Bell commercial. Like it was like really <laughs> like, what's going on? Oh, the Mexican pizza's back. Everybody should be excited. I'm like, I'm not scared. I'm hungry. So, yeah. How did this episode make you feel, Paul? It made me feel like I wanted a Mexican pizza. Yeah, maybe it made me horny for a Mexican pizza in a lot of ways. <laughs> yes. All right. So, number six here. Um, with that in mind, TCBY, which I believe stands for 
this country's best yogurt. I don't know if that's this country's act- best yogurt. <laughs> I don't know. I thought it was this taking continent? care of business yogurt. I thought that's what it stood for. <laughs> but TCBY ran a commercial for a limited time Halloween ice cream cake. What Fox property was featured for that very ice cream cake? Was it A, Big Bad Beetleborgs, which we all know, the Big Bad Beetleborgs, they're, they're, they're the poor man's uh, poor Power Rangers, right? Like, yes. All right. Um, B, was it Where in the World is Carmen San Diego? Is it C, Goosebumps? Or is it D, William Lustig's Maniac? <laughs> Um, it was funny because I was about to break in before you finished the, the statement. I was going to be like, is it the Beetleborgs? It was what I was about to bust in because everything you named there is not a Fox kids thing outside of the Beetleborgs. Well, oddly enough at the time, I think Goosebumps was a Fox thing because that's okay. the thing that they, they Because Carmen San Diego so. was PBS and Maniac, I think was an ABC kids cartoon. So, okay. It, it was after, it was after MC Hammer's cartoon that he did. <laughs> I just love the idea of William Lustig's Maniac. <laughs> it was after the Pirates of Dark Water. Like you had to stay, <laughs> you, had to, you had to watch later to get the grown up cartoons, like the kids, like the, like the more teenage cartoons, the adult ones. Yes. Uh, all right. So uh, the Halloween episode of Goosebumps that they showed was called Attack of the Jack o' Lanterns. Which one of these factoids is not from the episode listing? Episode episode listing <laughs> I, on IMDb. So. Um, I'm going to give you four little factoids. You tell me which one's not true. Uh, or at least not on the webpage. If you were to go look there right now, on IMDb. <laughs> uh, adapted into, a, so, uh, I should go back. Uh, option a adapted into goosebumps presents book number 16. Is it B? This episode is based on goosebumps book 48 which i think is very contradictory um the camera's shadow is visible on the trees during one shot of the monster's point of view or is it d rl stein has been notably known to plagiarize the works of dean coots <laughs> i mean one or the other that's you know <laughs> Oh, um, I'm going to be bad about this. I'm going to say the shadows on the, from the camera. Well, that one's, that's actually on their page, but I, uh, I love the fact that like you look at the trivia for this episode, it's literally like adapted into goosebumps presents book number 16. And then like right below it, this episode is based on goosebumps book number 48. And I'm like, this makes no sense to me. Which one? Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, the camera shadow is under the goof section, if you will. Goof bumps. Yeah. And, uh, of course, uh, as we get to the end, Dean Coots. Uh, I feel bad for Dean Coots. <laughs> I feel like we pick him on this show for no mm. reason at all. Hey, no, no. I, I'm, I'm not saying I've read all of his works, but there are works of his that I do appreciate and I like a great deal. Um, I will shout out, uh, what was it? Um, the Bad Place, uh, Strangers. Uh, watchers, strange highways, um, like spoilers. That's why I named the, the show after that. Not, not the, um, not, was it the Ryan, Ryan James Dio song? Um, not the Dio song, but like, it's a cool novella that he wrote. So he has, he has some quality work. All right. Well, 
that leads us to our very last question. Is it so, Dean Koontz related? Because I want to say something. I'm kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> the last question here is, is, which one of these popular toy lines wasn't featured in the commercials? Is it A, Vincent Price shrunken head apple sculpture? <laughs> is, it, is it B, monster face? C, Creepy Crawlers, or D, Dr. Dreadful? Which one was not featured? Yes. I'm going to go with Vincent Price's Egg Magic. <laughs> so this is the toy line that I think that, that Simpsons joke, Egg Magic, comes from. But uh, yeah, there was a toy that was like uh, the shrunken head apple sculpture, and it had Vincent Price on the box. So is that was that featured? It wasn't featured that oh, okay, like okay. I was like, oh, I was like, that's so weird, but I love it's like, you know, Vincent Price's egg magic or whatever it was. It's like, but where are the feet? Call the number. And it's like, is it's like <laughs> are you alive or not? Like, it's, just, it's one of those absurdist jokes that I think it gets funnier over time. Right. Yeah. Like just egg magic. I, I'm not like my Vincent Price is as good as your uh um uh, Louis Anderson. Anderson, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just think, yeah, I think you gotta get more than. I don't know why he suddenly turned into like a thirties gangster. Yeah, like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was fun. Uh, this, I did badly at it, which expected. So I, I, that was a lot of fun. Thank you for putting the time and effort into that. I, I, I also I like that you and I are aligned where it's like. I'm going to try to come up with like three good responses and one dumb as, dumb as hell response. <laughs> if I remember during my um, spiral game, I referred to as Twister as third base. I think as one of those uh, <laughs> alternate titles um, that I'm super proud of. <laughs> I so. think children shouldn't play with dead things being an episode of Bobby's World. No, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> Any, like as much as my wife gets mad at me, anything that makes me laugh, just me thinking of it on my own is just, I don't know. Like somebody will appreciate it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my goodness. Look at us. Look at Steve. Look at us um, going Christ in heaven. We're going almost four hours again. I was like, we're not going to do it. We're not going to, we're going to get back down to 90 minutes. Said me lying to myself. Um, so, oh my God. Do you say that to yourself? Like before every episode, I, just, I shoot, I, I understand. Like I listen to a lot of their podcasts and sometimes I'm like, is this thing two hours? My God, what is wrong with them? And then I put out this like four hour, like, here you go. Deal with it. You know, like, it's just <laughs> like, you know, it, it's just, you know, whatever. I, I will say this. I hope that for everybody listening, we appreciate it. I hope we keep you engaged and entertained the entire time. I hope there's not a lot, like, I don't think there's a lot of wheel spinning. I, I will say that. So I think that's the one thing is like, it's, it's constantly something else as opposed to us just making inside jokes about Bobby's world or whatever. Anyway. So, so next week, um, we're going to get into some more spooky stuff. So, um, we thought about dividing this up a little bit, um, cause there's two releases that's coming on the seventh, which is tomorrow, which is six minutes away from now <laughs> recording. Um, uh, it's going to be Marvel's werewolf by night, uh, which is going to be a, it's a full movie, by the way. I saw, I, I saw everything about that. It's going to be like, it, they call it a special. It's a movie. It's like an hour and a half or whatever, or less than that. I don't know. It's, um, and then, and then, um, Hulu's, uh, Hellraiser's coming out. So, yeah. um, Steve and I are going to watch both of them. 
like we encourage you guys to do both. Uh, we might just skip news next week. Just like this might be a, a divided episode because we're excited for both. Either way, we're going to watch them both. We're going to talk about one of them as a focus, or we just might just split it down the middle. I don't know. I'm excited for both. I think you're excited for both as well. I'd like to think that whatever the game is next week, Paul will put four hours into hard work into or, whatever. Or this freak out and be like this or the, or this or, or other one or the other. Cause it's my only default setting, but yeah, um, <laughs> we're going to make a game. It's going to be a Halloween game. It's going to be a, it's going to be the best game we've ever done. Promising you that, but we're going to talk about where by night and on Hellraiser. I think, I think because it's one of those things that's like, we can't, we can't pick one or the other, but we're going to watch both. So I think that's fair, right? I think we're going to. I also like that I put four hours into the game and only came up with eight questions. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so, literally so I promise you I'm going to put in five hours into the game and come up with seven questions. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> that's literally a half hour per question. <laughs> no, so we're gonna, that's what we're getting into. It's going to be a split episode. I, I cannot wait to talk about both. I cannot wait to watch both. It's going to be. Like I've heard nothing but good things about Hellraiser. I've heard some positive things about Werewolf by Night. Why not? Spooky season. Let you talk about candy. Let's dive deep and just eat the shit out of some candy. It's going to be a lot of fun. Oh yeah, I'm I'm totally up for eating all the candy. Yeah. So, all right, everybody, have a good week. Have a safe week. And in the meantime, um, don't go to an Airbnb that's an F shack because you might die. I don't know. That sounds weird, especially in 2022. Like check check out the people that are, you should rent the shack. Oh, who's renting it to me? Jay Voorhees sounds like a good person to rent a shack from. Stay fresh, cheese bags. <laughs>